0: Hey, what's up guys? A brand new MMA and wrestling edition of My Take Radio heads your way. We'll be talking about this past weekend's UFC Fight Night event, the week's MMA news, plus we will recap Raw and I will share my picks for WrestleMania 31 along with our very own Jay Sante. My Take Radio episode 283 starts right now. The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff. My take radio advertisers or might take radio content partners. listener and viewer discretion is advised This coverage is live and uncensored so if you have any small children present you may want to have them leave the room. Hey, what's up, guys? My Take Radio episode 283 for Wednesday, March 25th, 2015. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number is 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning in, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. Title says it all. It's My Take on those four topics. On Wednesday nights, MMA and wrestling take center stage, and on Thursday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern, we discuss gaming and entertainment. As always, language can be a little strong, so listener and viewer discretion is advised. Methods to listen to the show, of course, MTRLive.com will allow you to watch a live video feed, listen to the high quality Mixler feed, plus use our show chat. You can also use our call-in number and not hit option one to listen to the show that way. Otherwise, you can find the show via archives on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, video versions will be available on our YouTube channels, My Take Radio TV, and official Rageworks. All right, so before we get into some housekeeping that I got to just tie up for this week's show, of course, on deck, we are going to be discussing this past weekend's UFC card, which... I didn't get to watch all of it. I watched a handful of matches and kind of flipped back and forth. And it it was surprisingly enjoyable. Of course, we're going to get into the rather lackluster final Raw before WrestleMania. That's right. I said it. The shit was lackluster. We're going to get into that. And, of course, we are going to cover the wrestling news and the MMA news of the week. As always, we will take your calls, 347-324-3541. All right, so... On the housekeeping side of things, we know that um, if you guys have been checking out the fan page, you know that we have been experiencing a shitload of problems uh, with RageWorks.net over the last couple of days. Uh, things from the back end of the site, the front end of the site, images loading, archived video. It's, it's just been a nightmare. Uh, we're starting to get more ahead of it than we were earlier in the week. Uh, we've been experiencing issues since Saturday through the weekend. I've been dealing with uh, hosting support, plug-in support, developers it's it's been an incredibly stressful couple of days because of that, we have not been able to release content on the site as as we wanted over the last couple of days and that's kind of put a big damper on that but hopefully we have we hope to have this stuff resolved by this by the end of this week, hopefully by Friday or Saturday we'll be able to start posting with more frequency. Unfortunately for now, the content will be sporadic as we continue to test what exactly is causing the issues on the back end of the site. So with that said, that is why there hasn't been a lot of content on rageworks.net this week, but we're going to try and do some more stuff on social media just to fill the gap until we get things resolved. Uh, With regards to the resurgence of our Patreon, we are still working on that there's a couple of things we are going to finalize uh, hopefully this week Uh, obviously the issues with the site caused a big 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 problem so hopefully we'll be able to get past that and work on getting out the patreon content as well also we got a couple of products we're working on reviewing including a skull candy xbox one slayer headset which if all goes according to plan we will review and hopefully give away also we will be Announcing our giveaway for the Flintstones and WWE DVD and Blu-ray uh, details for that. And the contest itself will go live tomorrow. Really, really easy if you're interested in entering. And again, we're going to be running that contest starting tomorrow through Sunday's WrestleMania with a winner announced shortly after the event is over. So if you want to enter that, keep a lookout either on our Facebook fan page or on Twitter to get all that information as well, the other thing I did want to discuss: we are going to be beta testing some new video, maybe over the weekend, maybe next week, uh, with either YouTube Live or we're going to try something a little different with UStream. So uh, you may see a couple of updates as we test video. Just because, while you know we have a, a great uh, video feed with GFQ, we do have to have alternates in place for when situations arise, you know, technical issues, etc so that we continue, we can continue to provide you guys with video at all times. I know I was supposed to be doing some streaming last week, and again, just uh, life gets in the way of that, but we are working on getting uh, some stuff done with Twitch, which after earlier this week with their issues, we had to change a lot of information on that end, and with the announcement that YouTube is going to get into streaming as well, for gaming, we're going to be doing some stuff, hopefully with YouTube based on some information I received earlier this week. Last bit of news just to wrap things up before we get into this week's show is the uh, UFC Champion of championship event going down here in New York tomorrow. Uh, we're hoping to cover that. If we do, of course, be on the lookout via social media and on the site so you can see our coverage of that. Conor McGregor, of course, Jose Aldo making their rounds uh, throughout the U.S. and abroad, just continuing to promote their fight in the most epic fashion possible. A lot of middle fingers, four letter words and trash talking have been the name of the game. So with that said, that is going to wrap up the housekeeping for this week. As I said before, if you're just tuning in, we're going to be talking about this past weekend's UFC event. We are going to talk about the latest MMA news on the wrestling side. We're going to talk about raw, the passing of Pedro Aguayo. We're definitely going to discuss that. I'm going to give you guys my picks for WrestleMania this weekend. We are definitely going to discuss the re-signing of Brock Lesnar to a new long-term WWE contract. Uh, That's caused a lot of discussion and kind of cast a little bit of doubt on how WrestleMania is going to play out this weekend. So we're definitely going to get into that. As always, we will be taking your calls, 347-324-3541. If you want to participate, just hit option one and Slick will queue you up. Again, you can listen to the live show, mtrlive.com, gfqlive.tv, or via the call in number without hitting option one. But with that said, let's talk some MMA. Lots of news on deck this week, so let's get to it. My Take Radio's MMA segment is brought to you by MMAWarehouse.com. Get all your favorite fighter tees and training gear at MMAWarehouse.com. You can find promo codes on RageWorks.net, either via the banner ads or usually in the sidebar. As always, those banner ads are affiliate coded, so they do help us out if you use them to do your shopping at MMAWarehouse.com. All right, so this past week we had UFC Fight Night, which... I was pleasantly surprised was as good as it was. I um, caught a couple of fights in passing, and I was pleasantly surprised not only with the quality of the fights, but just the fact that there were some really, really weird situations as well. Of course, the big one coming out between the fight, uh, Drew Dober and Leandro Silva, which was a very competitive fight. Dober looked really good in that fight, and for some reason the ref just waved it off in the second round with a um, giving the fight to Silva because he thought that he had tapped due to a guillotine choke. Of course, video shows otherwise because there wasn't a tap whatsoever. So the referee blew that. There was tons of controversy. People were pissed off, and the replays all confirmed that there was no tap. Unfortunately, uh, the commission in Brazil is not going to overturn that. So the victory goes to Silva, even though... Uh, Dober did not tap. So definitely a horrible call across the board. I was really bummed out just because, like I said, the fight was really competitive. It looked really good. And then all of a sudden it just ended in controversy. Again, this is one of those things where, you know, the, the, the referee just had really, really poor judgment. There was no tap. You can watch videos from countless angles and you can see that there was no tap in that fight. The other solid fight that I enjoyed was Katsunori Kakuno. He was taking on Kevin Souza. Um, really, really solid performance from Kevin Souza coming in um, on the featherweight side of things with a beautiful knockout punch. Um, you know, it was it, it was a great setup too because Kakuno was landing the leg kick and then all of a sudden Souza hit a right to the body and then a straight right hand out of nowhere that just crumpled Kakuno to the canvas. It was a, a beautiful display of technique and an awesome finish a minute and 31 seconds um in the first round. I agree with Lucha Lee. He said, "Yeah, he was working th- he was just working through it. Worst call ever." I agree 110% with regards to that. It was it was definitely a terrible terrible call. Uh the other fight that really really impressed me was Godofredo Pepe taking on Andre Feely. Um really really impressed that Pepe took a um a beautiful, beautiful mount to secure his triangle choke. It was crazy because they were, they were exchanging. He pushed, um, Feely pushed Pepe up to the, up to the cage and pretty much Pepe pulled guard using the cage. He wall walked up the cage, pulled guard and well, correction, pulled a triangle choke and really kept it in for a long, for a really, really long time. I got to give props to Andre Feely for really holding on, but, the more he tried to fight through it, the the tighter it got. I mean, he tried to slam out of it at one point, and again, uh, great technique from Pepe, tucking his head in on the on the power bomb to make sure that he did not get knocked out. Uh, beautiful, beautiful technique across the board. It was a solid, solid performance, and it really blew my mind because again, that was just some some really incredible technique that just came out of nowhere. So, uh, props to Pepe for a great, great victory there. Uh, the other fight that really just um, tripped me up a little bit was Shayna Baszler and an, an Amanda Nunes fight. Uh, Shayna Baszler, of course, a, a women's MMA veteran, a pioneer, one of the horse, uh, one of the four horsewomen, alongside Ronda Rousey and the rest of the stable of ladies. Um, really crazy fight too, because um, there was some really really great exchanges, but Amanda Nunes' leg kicks were just devastating. Uh, Fight ended with a leg kick right to the side of the knee that pretty much crumbled Shayna Baszler at that point. Amanda Nunes worked the ground and pound in academic fashion to secure the victory via TKO. Uh, I see Lucha Lee wants to call in. You can probably use the push to talk option on Blog Talk Radio. I haven't used it in a while to, to call in. Otherwise, you can just use the call-in number. That works as well. All right, so the other fight, and this this was really, really uh, another great finish in a night of great finishes. Tony Martin, Leandro Santos, um, very, very competitive fight. Tony Martin looked really good, but again, like anything else, just because you have a strong opener doesn't mean you're going to close out the fight as the victor. Um, Leandro Santos actually really worked. A slick, slick ground game, and um, he shoots in, they wind up in the clinch, and Leandro Santos hit a, uh, a really, really nice trip, at which point Martin was sitting on the fence, and when Santos spun away, he actually got full mount, and at which point, Tony Martin just had no choice to give up the back, and it was academic at that point with a rear naked choke finish. I was I was bummed with the next fight just because I really don't like to see guys go out the way go out this way especially guys who have been in the game so long that is of course Josh Koscheck taking the fight on short notice against Eric Silva. Um, Josh Koscheck is is a is a weird dude. The reason I say this is because it's very easy to hate the guy, but I also admire the fact that he came into this sport as just a pure wrestler and continued to evolve his game and evolve his game. And and really did become a complete fighter before our eyes. Obviously, the biggest uh, the biggest memory of Koscheck to many fighters is him getting punched by Paul Daly after the bell. Uh, for me, I think the the best Koscheck memories are the ones between uh, him and Chris, the memories of him and Chris Lieben in the first series, uh, the first season of the Ultimate Fighter, just just obliterating uh, the house and countless other shenanigans that transpired during that season. So. As much as people don't like Josh Koscheck, he he has been a, a you know a staple in the sport, love him or hate him. And it's just crazy, you know, he came off that really really terrible that terrible loss where he got pretty much choked unconscious and to go in there against Eric Silva, not to say that that again Koscheck has lost a step, just it's just a different game than when, you know, Koscheck and Lieben and these guys came in. The sport is evolving. And yes, you could come in with one discipline, but you're evolving at a consistent rate. I, I think in Koscheck's case, he evolved and became a complete fighter, but maybe he just plateaued, and that's part of the reason. Again, you know, I'm not saying that the guy should hang it up, but it's two very, very nasty submissions that he's lost to. Um, in this fight, he had shot. In this fight, he had shot in with the double leg, and um, Silva grabbed the guillotine and pulled guard, and that it was academic at that point. Just a really good show of technique. Um, this is now five losses in a row for Josh Koscheck. The last four have been, finish, have been finishes. I'm sure that the UFC is definitely trying to angle for him to uh, possibly retire. Who knows? Maybe they'll try and offer him a front office position. But I think Koscheck in this particular instance is kind of on the chopping block and I say this because fighters have been cut down, uh, cut out of the sport for less, usually three fights and you're out of here. In his case, excuse me, in his case, it's been five fights, you know, five losses in a row. So I'm, I'm very, very concerned. I kind of feel that the UFC, though, is going to keep him around just because he was part of that inaugural season of the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, there's a soft spot for a lot of those guys, and pretty much all of those guys have been you know a a big part of the UFC success i mean that first season of the ultimate fighter i think really succeeded in putting mma on the map from a mainstream perspective obviously see all the following seasons minus minus a, a couple were left a lot to be desired but i do i do have a soft spot for the first season hell i own the first season on dvd just because there was you know the, obviously Griffin and Bonner's amazing fight, but all the crazy stuff that went on in the house that first season, just, you can't replicate that. I mean, sure, you got your Junie Brownings and, you know, you got your villains of uh, of various seasons, but it's nothing, nothing will embody that first season of The Ultimate Fighter. Our main event of the evening Ryan LaFleur, Damian Maya. It's, um, it, it's weird, um, because this fight, like I said, this entire card was hindered by a lot of issues. We had, um, obviously fights canceled, injuries galore, and it ended up with Maya and LaFleur taking the main event slot. And again, not to say that these guys don't deserve to be on the card, but a main event slot is just a little tough, not because the uh, of technique, but just because of the interest going into this fight. And... Pretty much everybody knew that Damian Maya was going to use the pretty much the smother and cover to secure the victory, and more or less that is how it went down. There was a lot of smother and cover from Damian Maya from all five rounds. Of course, Maya just working the ground game, trying to really use that jujitsu, and it showed in the judge's eyes, and he ended up securing the victory via unanimous decision. And it was crazy because. Like I said, you had a lot of exciting finishes throughout the night and for the main event to go the way it did, a lot of people felt let down, but I didn't only because the card itself, like I said, really stepped it up and they had a lot of really awesome moments minus obviously the uh, the Drew Dober incident and the main event. The card itself was, um, was quite exciting. Now, of course, we got the next one, which is April 4th, we got... Mendez and Lamas, that's going to be the next UFC fight night. Then, of course, there is the April 25th card, which we're going to get into because that card suffered a devastating blow, which was announced earlier this week, and we'll be discussing that as well. All right, so let's switch gears and jump into this week's MMA. Uh, With regards to $50,000 bonuses, this shouldn't come as a shocker. Uh, Kevin Souza, Gilbert Burns pepe and freddy serrano all took 50,000 dollar bonuses for that fight so for their fights so once again even though the card had a, a, a lackluster main event the rest of the card really made up for it and the bonuses were that were dished out definitely reflected that in some fighter news and this this was really crazy because this guy this particular fighter i really enjoy watching him fight he's an exciting fighter and to hear that he's no longer with this particular camp is really, really interesting, and that is Clay Guida. Many of you know Clay Guida is a standout from the Jackson Winkle John camp, usually known for his very, very frenzied fighting style, which over the last couple of fights has taken a backseat to a more conservative approach, which has soured a lot of fans, myself included, I'm not going to lie, just because Clay Guida usually goes out there and he's a ball of fire and... um it was announced that Clay Guida is now training with Team Alpha Male. Of course, we all know Uriah Faber and, and his crew of guys are definitely going to be a good addition, are going to gain from Clay Guida's experience and knowledge. Plus, I'm sure that they're also going to gain some some insight into uh, Wink, Winkle John and Greg Jackson's fight mentality. It's definitely a, a very, very interesting bit of news Obviously because like I said Clay Guida is a guy that usually goes out there works a, a frenzied a frenzied pace and now you know he's leaving that structured Jackson Winkle John environment and is going to jump into something a little not to say that it's a little more laid back but definitely um he's gonna jump into a camp of guys that can match him in that more fast paced atmosphere it's gonna be interesting to see I don't have a um an update as to when Clay Guida's next fight will be, but I'm going to be watching it with much interest because I want to see if him training with Team Alpha Male will definitely be something that will turn around uh you know just the exciting the, the excitement factor of his fights. Again, once I get a date, I will definitely give you guys an update with that. On the flip side, we got an announcement earlier this week for UFC 190 Uh, Ronda Rousey will be defending her belt against Beth Correa. Um, Really crazy, of course. This was during the press tour for UFC 189. Uh, Rousey will be fighting in Brazil for this fight, of course. Correa has defeated, uh, I believe, two out of the four horsewomen thus far, and she is undefeated. Uh, Definitely a, a heavy amount of trash talking on her part to get into this fight with Rousey, but the record does speak for itself. Uh, very, very interesting fight across the board because Correa definitely works a very aggressive style, very fast pace, uh very, very strike-heavy versus Rousey's more controlled, obviously, uh, judo background. So it's going to be interesting how that fight, a great contrast to styles. Um, a lot of people are saying that Beth Correa is being thrown to the lions in this fight just because that fast-paced style is a style that Ronda Rousey knows how to capitalize on knows how to take advantage, and um, definitely I want to see it just because, like I said, there's been a fair amount of trash talking from Correa's side to build up this fight. So we'll see how Rousey fares, especially, again, fighting in Brazil in the native country of her opponent. It should be an interesting fight for sure. Also, with the news of that fight came another bit of news that Misha Tate and Jessica Ai will be facing off probably over the summer to determine rousey's next opponent if she can get past beth correa now the thing that gets me here is obviously misha tate is coming back into this equation after losing to rousey already a handful of times so you know it's 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 interesting for sure like i said they fought tate and rousey fought twice and she lost both times via armbar. so we'll see if she can get past jessica i and maybe the third time will be a charm misha tate feels that she she has all the tools to take the belt from ronda rousey and this is something that i've discussed uh off air and on numerous episodes and it's this many fighters drill and train to counter ronda rousey's armbar and because of that they kind of leave themselves open in other areas and the reason i say this is because ronda rousey can pull that armbar out of anywhere and we've we've seen this in past performances she 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 knows the setups and again you can drill for an armbar bar your entire camp and you're facing an opponent who, who who's pretty much learned this move from 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 being a small child all the way to adulthood she's learned every way that she can execute that move and probably a couple of ways that we haven't even seen in addition to that she continues to work on her striking now is her striking you know, super out of this world. No, but her striking continues to improve. You do see a lot more. You see some crispness, uh, some strength in her punches. You definitely can feel that there's some good knockout power being put together there. And again, the thing that gets me is everybody's drilling for the arm bar. You need to prepare yourself to not only uh, obviously counter the arm bar, but try to avoid some of those setups. And that's the thing. You need to get in there with coaches that are going to teach you, hey, you know, if you throw a, a, a straight or you clinch on the cage, she can, you know, use the cage wall walk and pull guard and get an arm bar. You know what I mean? Like there's there's so many different ways that she's learned how to pull that move off that you're going to have to really drill ways that certain, technique, certain techniques can be chained together to bring that arm bar to, to fruition. That's how it goes. I mean, it's either she gets in, does the body lock, does a throw, secures the armbar that way. In Kat case, it was just a completely random um, display of technique to get the armbar from the angle that she got it in. And that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You're looking at this and you're looking at how it's developing and the division that's, you know, the women's division is definitely very stacked, but you, you really do have, and, and Ben and I discussed this before, there is You know, just that hierarchy of, you know, the top three or four females in that division. Of course, new stars are coming out of the woodwork. But again, if you're trying to dethrone Ronda Rousey, you have to work on avoiding not just the armbar as a whole, but you need to get wise on the setups for the armbar. And that's going to involve, obviously, watching a lot of tape and dealing with a lot of different fighters that specialize in that move. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, Beth Correa is her next opponent. And Misha Tate, Jessica I will be squaring off for the uh title eliminator. And of course, I'm sure that that fight will probably get done later on this year. On the Bellator side of things, they recently announced that Bobby Lashley has signed a new long term contract. This coincides with TNA's announcement that Bobby Lashley has been signed has been re-signed with TNA as well. Um I think that Bobby Lashley is a, a great performer in in the in a wrestling ring uh, a little one dimensional in terms of just promo work but just an, a beast in the ring you know is his wrestling background is his wrestling pedigree is amazing dude is super jacked he goes in there and he he definitely tries to have uh st- you know outstanding performances in the cage for Bellator but I do feel that Lashley is still kind of gaining his footing with regards to MMA I mean yes he's had a couple of fights under his belts but under his belt, but you see that there's still some tentativeness and technique. I mean, his last fight, which I watched, was just basically a, a grind session, and that's because, you know, he, he he takes them to the ground and just imposes his will on them, and I think that that's, that's just his bread and butter. Again, I'm happy to see that he's continuing to try and be a, two, a two-sport athlete with pro wrestling and MMA, but eventually one is definitely going to supersede the other, But we'll watch his development and see how it goes. Lashley, of course, former WWE standout, uh, former fighter in a couple of other smaller promotions, now making his home in Bellator in the long term, as well as making his uh, home in TNA as well. All right, so as I mentioned earlier, the UFC 186 card was hit with a devastating blow. As the, the card was scheduled to have two title fights. TJ Dillashaw, Henan Burrell, and then Demetrius Johnson and Kyoji Horiguchi were supposed to fight as well. Well, it, it pains me to say, but TJ Dillashaw will not be defending his bantamweight title against Henan Burrell due to a rib injury that he suffered in preparation for that fight. So, with that said, Demetrius Johnson's fight with Kyoji Horiguchi is now the main event. For that card, Quentin Rampage Jackson's return to the UFC against Fabio Maldonado is now your co-main event of the evening. Mike Bisping and C.B. Dalloway is also on that card. John McDessie, Abel Abel Trujillo, um, and Thomas Almeida and Yves Jabuan are going to round out your main card on pay-per-view. The prelims will have Patrick Cote and Joe Riggs, Alexis Davis and Sarah Kaufman. Uh, Brian Barbarina will be taking on Chad LaPrice and Olivier Marcier will be taking on Dave Michaud as well. So the prelims, of course, will be on Fox Sports 1 at 8, and the main card will be on pay-per-view. UFC 186 goes down April 25th. As of right now, there are rumors that they wanted to try and find Henan Burrell, an opponent, but I think that he's going to just sit this one out and wait for Dillashaw to be healthy and ready to fight. So, again, if you had any plans of watching the Dillashaw and Henan Burrell fight on April 25th. I got to be the bearer of bad news as Dillashaw had to withdraw due to a rib injury. In some Nevada State Athletic Commission news, of course, this should come as no shock to anyone, but Hector Lombard has been served with a one-year suspension. He has also been fined, and his win over Josh Berkman at UFC 182 was overturned. Of course, as a result of testing positive for a banned substance. Uh, MMA Junkie did report that the decision came after Lombard appeared at the hearing today where he said he took a supplement from Olympic bobsledder and weightlifter Julie Northrup. So with that said, he said that the supplement was one Northrop claimed to have used during her career and that they were made from plants. He said of the failed test, I let down the UFC, the fans, my sponsors, and countless others. I also owe an apology to my opponent, Josh Josh Berkman. I trust those around me and within my inner circle to provide me with the proper guidance and information to allow me to perform at my best. I know I'm ultimately responsible for what I put in my body. I relied on people I trusted to provide me with the correct information. So, there you have it. I think the thing that bothers me most about this is that he got a supplement from an Olympian, and on top of that, he did not vet the supplement, and his excuse was, oh, it's made from plants, which which bothers me because, again, as a competitor, whether, whether it be uh, basketball, baseball, mixed martial arts, boxing, uh, pro bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever the case may be, you should always be aware of everything that goes into your body at all times because things have a way of just coming out in tests as as different things. Sometimes it'll be something that you may think is not banned, and it is. I remember when I was in high school, there were uh, things that they you had to go into GNC, and they actually had a section. This was a GNC I went to in, in Flushing, Queens, that was for high school athletes, or it would say supplement-free, or it would say... Um, you know, it would say clean or it would say recommended for high school athletes, whatever the case may be, they made sure to have a section that was dedicated to that. And if you walked in there and and they saw that you were a, a student athlete and you were like, hey, I need this or I need this other thing, they would definitely steer you away from it because they knew that some of those substances were being tested or just were considered performance enhancing. It bothers me that a guy like Hector Lombard, who is not who is not a first timer, in this sport is getting not only caught but duped by obviously somebody who he felt he trusted and risked you know he risked putting himself out there just just because it was made from plants I just you know it it really bugs me when they asked him about why he didn't tell anybody that he was taking pills he said that he didn't tell any doctors coaches, or teammates and You know, that was one of the reasons why it's crazy to me. So, of course, now before he gets relicensed, he has to pass a test and he was fined and his full fifty three thousand dollar win bonus. um, You know, he was fined his full three thousand fifty three thousand dollar win bonus as well as one third of his purse. So, again, just a really, really bad state of affairs for Lombard. It's unfortunate, like I said, that the guy put himself out there. I'm just going to put this in my body without doing any homework on it or I'm going to trust some some random person, and it's going to be all good. And that, ladies and gents, is not the case. Again, word of caution to those of you that are in competitive sports or trying to get into competitive sports, please note that there are if there are drug tests, research the shit. Research what you put in, in your body. Because, again, you may think it's clean, and it may not be clean. It happens. It happens all the time. So definitely be on the lookout. For that, all right. While we are on the subject of fighters, banned substances, and getting licensed by the commission, uh, Bloody Elbow reports that Vitor Belfort has received uh, his license to fight Chris Weidman at UFC 187. Of course, we all we all joke about Vitor because, again, this is a guy that was popped for banned substances before, had a, an incredible resurgence in his career due to testosterone replacement therapy. After the TRT ban across the board in the UFC, uh, the guy pretty much looks like a coat hanger now. If you've seen pictures of him recently, he is not as jacked and ripped as he was way back when. That's not to say that it's going to degrade his ability, but if if he did have any help, again, if he did, being the key word here, we're going to see what happens when the playing field is level. But still, I mean, there's shit out there that people can't even find and test, so... Make of that what you will, but Vitor is licensed, and he will face Weidman on may twenty third again uh, very, uh right now, everything is a green light for that entire card, which looks amazing on paper, but we're still you know we 're still roughly two months away from that card going down, so anything can happen. but for the time being, Vitor is licensed to fight Weidman, and he will be co main eventing the Main event card of UFC 187, which is of course John Jones and Anthony Rumble Johnson. Now, of course, it's a it wouldn't be an MMA segment without talking about Ronda Rousey, who's been in the news a lot this week. Obviously, like I said, she will be facing Beth Correa. but the other item I did want to talk about is if you remember last week, uh, Leila Ali said that you know she could you know Ronda Rousey couldn't beat her in a fight. And um, you know, words were exchanged, uh, comments were made. Ronda kind of said, "Yo, she's old, lady. She's an older lady." You know, I could whoop her ass, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, Dana White, of course, was cornered by TMZ and asked about it, and he said, "Ronda is the best fighter in the world. Leila Ali would be in big trouble against Ronda Rousey." Of course, TMZ asked if if that fight could happen, would he make it happen? And he said. And I quote: "I'm serious. If Layla's serious, call me Layla." The Keefe says, "Never-ending beef with boxing and MMA. Tired of it." You know the th- the thing is, this is something that's as old as as, uh, and it happens with every sport: boxing, MMA, even pro wrestling. How many times do we talk about yo? If this pro wrestler went into MMA, you know, who would he? You know, would he do well? Or if this mixed martial artist went into went into professional wrestling would he do well I mean we've talked about this a lot but with boxing it always seems to be the elephant in the room I mean when Anderson Silva wanted to fight Roy Jones Jr everybody talked about it when they said that Ronda Rousey would beat Floyd Mayweather every you know it, it again this is all stuff to grab headlines it's no different it <laughs> uh, props to the Keith no different than people asking about Goku and Superman it's true I mean as far as I as far as I can see it there's always going to be a what-if scenario with boxing and mixed martial arts or mixed martial arts and wrestling. The only way these questions will ever truly be answered is if people stepped in the cage or stepped in the ring and made it happen. I mean, is is Ronda Rousey going to throw on some boxing gloves and box Layla Ali? Would people tune in to see that? And again, you know, what does that do for the sport when you want to do like freak show shit like that? Like, If it was done as an exhibition for charity or something maybe but if you're if you're trying to sell tickets and and get money off of it that's a, that's another story altogether again i'm not going to say that leila ali is um you know leila ali is is any sort of a, of a slouch or or a poor fighter i mean some people feel that her record was padded with with suspect fights make of that what you will but again a boxer is a boxer and a, and a mixed martial artist is a mixed martial artist and you either strap on a pair of boxing gloves or you throw on a pair of four ounce MMA gloves and you make it happen. Otherwise, it's just talk. You know, Dana White will always be the the, the consummate promoter that is going to try and make it happen one way or the other. But again, this goes back to, you know, when when all these other boxers were, were talking about coming to the UFC and Dana White was like, listen, you get killed in here. And, you know, some guys, if they took it seriously, he'd, he'd acknowledge it. Now we're just doing it to gain to gain traction on TMZ, which again, it's just it's just not good for the sport. I personally feel that if it was if it was done in a structured environment, maybe for charity, you know, like like a charity boxing match between Layla and and Ronda, people definitely would tune in for that because again, it's for a good cause. You'd you'd market it a little differently, but I don't think Layla Ali is gonna do a uh, uh, you know a, a fourteen or a twelve to eighteen week fight camp and jump in the cage to fight Ronda on, on, on a big stage. It's just not going to happen. Which leads me to the next thing, which is Chris Cyborg, who actually put out a statement today, because, of course, when Ronda's in the news, Cyborg is also in the news. And uh, this bit of news is interesting because she eluded. She seems to be alluding to the fact... Well, let me let me rephrase that. Cyborg seems to be suggesting that she has signed with the ufc based on this statement now again this is a statement it's open to interpretation but based on the wording and how i'm going to share it with you guys it looks like cyborg is in the ufc and it's just a matter of her it being announced and her making weight very very interesting anyway she put out a statement and it is as follows your excuses for not fighting me or failing almost are falling almost as fast as you will when I get you in the cage. Stop with the reckless steroid allegations, I am clean. You know I've passed multiple tests, including random testing. Let's do Olympic-style random testing, you and I, like Mayweather and Pacquiao. And that'll be one less excuse you have to hide behind. She then goes on to say, Lorenzo signed me. Make of that what you will. I'm back and I'm coming for you. And you will either retire to do movies or run to 125 like you ran away from me at 145. You'll never be the best until you fight the best. Step up. It takes two to scrap. Don't be scared. The fans see me coming and you talking. Have some respect for the fans. It's embarrassing how you'll go up and wait to fight Gina Carano or Layla Ali, but not me. Regardless, I'm coming for you. Make an effort instead of just hiding behind excuses. You may have 99 excuses not to fight me, but not being in the UFC ain't one. Again, verbatim from Chris Cyborg. Here's where I stand. While I admire that Chris Cyborg is talking a hell of a lot of shit to make this fight happen, the fact is that Ronda Rousey is the champion. And being the champion, you have to acknowledge that the champion pretty much has say with regards to how a fight is going to go down. Sure, Ronda Rousey can go up and wait and fight her, but at that point, the title becomes worthless. Yes, Ronda has said that she would go up and fight Gina Carano. I guarantee you she would go up and fight Gina Carano and no belt would be on the line. It would be a special attraction match. And even if it were with a belt on the line, it would be be stupid to put that fight together. With regards to the whole Leila Ali thing, like I said... It's all talk, it's all speculation, it's all bullshit. I think that if Cyborg wants to make a strong case, make the weight, take one fight, win convincingly and get your opportunity. I just don't see the logic in Ronda Rousey being the champion going up in weight just for you. What? Because you're 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 this, you know, superhuman fighting machine? It does not make any sense. If the UFC did in fact sign cyborg to to a contract the fact is she's got to make the weight you know everybody's talking about misha tate and jessica i and that being a title eliminator why don't you put cyborg in there with holly Holm and let them slug it out and the winner of that fight will get the winner of rousey and either tate or or jessica i and that's it you have to make the weight i don't see the logistics or the or the sense in Ronda Rousey going up in weight, you need to earn your spot. You're talking all this shit. Make the weight and be done with it. If you can't make the weight, you can't make the weight. But stop filling up, you know, stop filling up the internet with statements if you're not going to back them up. Yes, Ronda Rousey talks a hell of a lot of shit. That's her job. That's what she's paid to do. Besides beating chicks up in the ring in the cage, she's paid to be an ambassador for the sport, to sell the sport, to sell MMA. This is this is where it, what it all boils down to. Cyborg and Rousey is a fight we all want to see. We all want to see that fight because it, it's you know you're you're the the sport's most dominant striker versus you know the face of women's MMA. I you know and as much as I hate using that term, Ronda Rousey is the gold standard for women's mixed martial arts. She is the champion, she is an ambassador for the sport, she has mainstream appeal. Hell Ronda Rousey was here in New York meeting with our politicians to get MMA sanctioned here in New York State. Again, this is something where she's going out, she's playing the role, she's pressing flesh, she's selling the sport, and as the champion, she has a right to put the restrictions on her opponents. Simple as that. She could just as easily have said, yo, I don't want to fight Beth Correa And if you guys sign Cyborg, let's make that fight happen. Because again, it doesn't make any sense. Make the wait, win a fight, and write your own ticket. That's it. Last bit of MMA news I want to discuss is um, Ariel Helwani discussing on UFC Tonight that Nick Diaz has retained the services of a law firm here in New York for his upcoming hearing with the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Uh, the legal team is apparently going to look at some apparent irregularities from his failed UFC 183 post-fight drug test, which tested positive for marijuana. The firm is Seaham, Seaham, Melts and Peterson LLP, and um, the firm provides representation for labor and employment law, transportation, energy, real estate, et cetera, et cetera. As many of you know, Diaz tested positive for marijuana metabolites. After his UFC 183 loss to Anderson Silva, of course, Silva did fail his test for, uh, uh, you know, steroids, anti-antidepressants, et cetera, et cetera. All signs point to the fight being turned into a no contest, but the hearing with the Nevada State Athletic Commission is looking to be very, very interesting. It looks like the commission, uh, Nick Diaz will go before the commission sometime in April, once we have a date and once we have any more news, we will definitely share it with you guys. All right. So, with that said, that is actually going to wrap up a rather uh, quiet week in the world of mixed martial arts. Of course, um, like I said, it's 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 going to be an interesting couple of days. We got McGregor and Aldo here in New York promoting their upcoming title fight. Hopefully, we'll be able to cover that tomorrow. We will keep you guys posted. Uh, with regards to Rousey and Cyborg, we are going to keep you guys posted with regards to that. Make of uh, Chris Cyborg's statement with you what you will. But until I see something official from the UFC, a press release or something, right now it's all speculation at best. Alright, we are going to switch gears and we're going to talk about this week's wrestling. I want to get into Raw and so many people reached out to me after Raw was over talking about Oh it was it was okay. It wasn't as terrible as you thought. All I got to say is bullshit. And and I'm and I'm going to get a little ignorant. I've been using I've been losing my voice throughout the day battling sinus issues, but I know that I I got people in the chat that want to go into it. I know that Jay said he wants to call in. I'm going to give you guys my WrestleMania picks and we're going to see if WrestleMania 31 is going to be worth all the hype. So, let's get into it. Booker T, let's get to it.
1: We want the gold, sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. We're going up tonight to kick out every light, to get everything
0: we want, to everything We go until the world stops turning while we burn it in the ground My Take Radio's wrestling segment is brought to you by WWE Shop. Com. Of course, you can use our promo code WWE SAVE 10 to save $10 on orders over $70 or more. Meaning, you could pick up that snazzy Believe That Roman Reigns t shirt or maybe a Brock Lesnar t shirt as you get ready to cheer on the main eventers at WrestleMania. Now, with that said, let's get into Raw this week, which I'm sorry to say was not that good. So, Before we get into the matches, the angles, and all the the pageantry that was associated with the final Raw before WrestleMania, allow me to kind of switch gears a minute and explain my dissatisfaction with WWE's buildup of WrestleMania. Again, if you don't agree, hit them touch tones. Let's hear it. 347-324-3541. All right, so... Let's let's acknowledge the elephant in the room, shall we? WrestleMania, The Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, WWE's Big Four, considered the 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 matches considered the, the four top cards that always are capable of changing the landscape of professional wrestling. We know them all too well. With the announcement of the network and WWE basically giving the middle finger to pay-per-view, we know that WWE was looking to change the landscape of how we consumed not only their programming, but their main cards as well. Now, because of this, we all know that for nine ninety-nine, that's the buzzword there, you can not only get WWE programming, including all the old shit, plus NXT, plus every pay-per-view, including WrestleMania. Bear with me one second, it's not a commercial. That nine ninety nine once again gives you access to original archive WWE, WCW, and ECW content, plus other promotions as well, but it also gives you NXT, other original programming, older episodes of SmackDown and Raw, and like I said, the pay-per-views, all for $10. Now, when you weigh that out and I've talked about this numerous times, but I got to put this out there for those of you who have reached out to me with your petty whining and bitching, you got to remember that you are no longer forced to pay 49.99, 59.99, 64.99, whatever, you know, over $30 pay-per-view numbers your your local provider charges you for a pay-per-view. Again, you're not paying 49.99 for a pay-per-view, unless you live in an area where there is no internet whatsoever, you're not paying 49.99 for a pay-per-view. You're not. and if you are, do yourself a favor. If you're a man, walk outside, walk up to the nearest stranger and tell him to kick you right in the nuts. And if you're a woman, hey, get kicked in the nuts too. <laughs> I'm serious. It's 999. You know what you're getting. With that said, and I've talked about this as soon as the network started, and you can go back and listen to countless back episodes of MTR, and you'll hear me say it. The network is a gift and a curse. It is a gift because because it allows us to consume WWE content everywhere. And not only that, but we also get the added benefit of pay-per-views. But because of that added benefit, WWE can kind of coast a little bit in terms of building those pay-per-views up because they know that you're going to watch them anyway. If you have the network, I don't give a shit if you're a casual fan or a hardcore fan and you have the network and it is the Sunday night of a pay-per-view, either you're watching it live for shits and giggles or if you're watching The Walking Dead or any of the other Sunday night programming Game of Thrones, you know you're watching that pay-per-view afterwards on the network they got you they got your money so because of that wwe can book and do whatever the hell they want because they're going to spoon feed it to you and you're going to eat it like a child with a sad face because you're still consuming their content they win and because of that like i said it is a gift and a curse when you are building up what is considered the showcase of the immortals the, the grandest stage of them all, and you end an episode of Raw with Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns pulling the belt like pulling a fucking teddy bear, like an argument between two petulant children, and you dim- you expect that that's your closing shot to make people pay $60, you are out of your fucking mind. I hate to say it, it is the truth. That parting shot, that end-of-the-night shot For Raw, this past Monday, is supposed to be how you close things out to sell a pay-per-view. And it was shit. Yes, Paul Heyman is God. But again, Paul Heyman is tasked with turning chicken shit into chicken salad. You can take a turd and spray paint it gold, and it's just going to be a gold turd. It's the same shit. You're trying to sell a, ma- a, a main event between two guys, one guy who doesn't talk, and the other guy who has what's essentially Don Rickles from Casino doing the talking for him. And again, it's not Paul Heyman's fault. Paul Heyman's job is to be that hype man. He is it, it, he is doing an amazing job of doing that. But like the Keith just said in the chat, when you close it out with two hundred and fifty with two two hundred and fifty pound guys. Playing tug of war to close it out, it is an insult to the to the to the seasoned wrestling fan. But again, we're we're hypocrites just the same. And I'll say it, I'm I'm a fucking hypocrite because you know what I'll be doing Sunday night at 7 30 or 8 o'clock, turning on either my Xbox, my PlayStation, my Xbox One, whatever the fuck it is, and watching WrestleMania. So yes, I acknowledge that wholeheartedly that I will be That hypocrite motherfucker watching it on Sunday night with the rest of you. But I continue to acknowledge the elephant in the room that the build-up to this WrestleMania was piss poor. It it was. There was was no real push to make WrestleMania the must-see. You know? What? Because, Because you get to see The Undertaker crawl out of his... Crawl out of his wheelchair and go out there and fight Bray Wyatt. That's that's your selling point. Or maybe you have Sting whose hairline is right on par with LeBron James if it wasn't for the makeup, take on a guy who's a part time wrestler. Oh, let me guess. Maybe it's because you have your two your 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 duo your dynamic duo of divas taking on two of the more popular divas in the division with zero belts being defended? Oh, let me get this straight. Maybe it's because you're, you're putting your tag team match on the fucking pre-show. I don't know. Maybe it's that. Oh, how about the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, which any significance it had when Cesaro won, went out the window because Cesaro got treated like shit for six months after that was all said and done. Shall I continue? And before anybody jumps on board and says, Rich, why are you being so jaded? Because this shit is my job. You know, doing this show and bringing you guys, my take on this is my job. And some days the shit isn't going to be sunshine and fucking rainbows. And that is definitely this week. This past Monday's episode of Raw was, was stupid. From Snoop Dogg to taking Curtis Axel and basically jobbing him out to Snoop Dogg to the inevitable Randy Orton-Seth Rollins quasi-match that accomplished nothing. It was a waste. And forget SmackDown. If you guys even read the spoilers for SmackDown, you know that SmackDown is essentially video packages, recaps, and maybe two matches for the sake of angle advancement. You know? At... This is this is all I'm saying. You're taking you're taking a your your signature pay-per-view and you're treating it like the rest of them. Am I wrong in saying that WrestleMania does not feel special? It doesn't. Usually WrestleMania comes around and everybody's excited because you know that it is special. The only special thing about WrestleMania and it pains me to say it is Sting. You want to know why? Because Sting has never wrestled in the WWE. He has never been in the ring with Triple H, and he has never, ever competed at WrestleMania. And that, my friends, is special. And that'll probably be the last special thing we'll see if we grew up in the 80s and 90s era. That is it. Because everything else is accessible by the internet. We know who everybody is. We know where they've wrestled before. We know their real names, their blood types, who their wives are you know, where they work out, what they eat. We know it before they even debut. I know a guy that goes out there and buys URLs for wrestlers as soon as their names are announced so that he can sell them back at some point. I know a guy that does that, which is which is depressing, but whatever. You know? And this is what I'm saying. This is not me being jaded. This is me expecting more for something that is billed as the quote-unquote showcase of the immortals. Now, before I get into Raw, I want to acknowledge a couple of things in the chat. I see that the Keith said, I honestly realize that this has made me miss CM Punk. You know what's sad? See, uh, the Keith saying that or the fact that CM Punk, even now, is still a, a factor in professional wrestling. Do you want to know, uh, Keith, why I don't miss CM Punk? Because CM Punk would be tasked with making this bullshit WrestleMania look believable. That, that's what this is. This is CM Punk having to go out there and sell a match with, with, with Brock Lesnar when you know that the, the inevitable conclusion is Brock Lesnar winning anyway. You know, CM Punk not being in the WWE, I hate to say it if anybody disagrees, is good for business. You want to know why? He didn't want to be there. They didn't want to push him. So why force it? Yeah, he he, he is incredibly creative. Uh, the Keefe said his creative mind, though. And it's true. CM Punk was creat- uh, incredibly creative. But you damn well know that Vince McMahon wasn't listening to a single fucking idea he had. You know? Th- this, is, this is what happened. You know, CM Punk was, has an incredible mind for this business. But what good is that mind if no one fucking listens? <laughs> Let's be realistic. Paul Heyman is an incredible mind. He is an incredible individual. But do you think that Paul Heyman can even get remotely any idea past Vince McMahon? You know the ideas that Paul Heyman gets past Vince McMahon? The ones that concern Brock Lesnar. Why? Because he is Brock Lesnar's advocate and in the ring, and outside of the ring. Paul Heyman speaks for the beast always. And that's a real, that's a fact. And people don't realize that shit. Like when people talk about, oh, you know, Brock Lesnar, part-time performer, whatever. Brock Lesnar is paid forever. And he doesn't even have to do shit. Brock Lesnar's job is to go out there, wrestle for 20 minutes. Maybe he takes the belt. Maybe he doesn't. But at the end of the day, he has a signed check for the next three years. And do you know who's going to speak for him? Paul Heyman. Fact. Anyway, let's talk about this piece of shit Raw from Monday night. Anyway, so, of course... Sting comes out to open up Raw, which was historic, if you want to call it that, put an asterisk there, um, anyway, Sting being on Raw was cool, it was nice, um, I kind of feel that Sting's ring entrance, his music, is just, it needs a little bit more, it sounds like a really, really low grade, uh, theme song that they would give Kane, like, he needs something a little bit more, you know, just, like, when you hear the shit, you're like, oh shit, shit's about to get real, like yeah, you have the fucking crow, caw caw and it's like, all right, we get it, we get it. You like birds, we got it. Thanks. Like with the Undertaker, you know, as soon as you hear that the the gong of that fucking bell, you know what's coming. Like every, think about every marquee wrestler in this game. As soon as you hear that riff, those three seconds, like with the Rock. As soon as you heard, if you smell, you know it was on and popping. Or when the glass broke for Stone Cold Steve Austin, or when you heard, or even with Triple H, as soon as you hear Lemmy from Motorhead, you know, drop that, drop that grr when he starts his Triple H's theme music, you'd know what time it is. It's like, it's like Sting's music is the equivalent of the music you hear at a haunted house at Great Adventure. It's stupid. Like, it's like, fuck, you know, the guy is an icon. In this business, you couldn't give them something, something a little bit with a little bit more juice, a little bit more oomph, nothing. It's like, yo, it, it, it. <laughs> you know, here, here's this music. It's a default track two. We're good. We're just going to pick that. Like when you go through your phone and you look for ringtones and you're trying to pick a ringtone and the only ringtone you find is like the one scary one that's called like spooky number three, that stings fucking entrance music. But anyway. So Sting comes out, he's talking his shit, Stephanie McMahon comes out in her prom dress and her and her uplifting bra, and she proceeds to talk shit on Sting, which is fine, and then she proceeds to try and slap him, he catches her hand, and all of a sudden, of course, Triple H comes out in his best corporate suit and um, proceeds to take off his tie, and he goes, he's mouthing the words, you put your hands on my wife. And I'm thinking about this just from a rational, from a rational standpoint, you put your hands on my wife, yet she tried to slap sting. Okay, fine. So because he grabbed her hand and prevented her from slapping him, she gets out of the ring and triple H walks over and he's like, did he hurt you? I didn't know that sting was going to grab you with his motorcycle glove and break your wrist, but sure. She didn't get hurt. So Triple H goes, is about to get uh, give Sting an ass whooping he so richly deserves. And, of course, we get a nice jiffable Stephanie McMahon moment where she's handing Triple H the sledgehammer. And the only good moment that I truly enjoyed was Sting pulling the bat out of the longest pocket in that fucking trench coat. He opens up his trench coat and he digs in, in what's essentially Harry Houdini's magical jacket and pulls out the baseball bat, and then we're all like, hey, look, we're using objects to, you know, stare each other down. You have a sledgehammer, I got a bat. It's, it's you know, again, Triple H, the guy has a sledgehammer. He's supposed to be this badass dude, and he pretty much gets scared away by the coach at a youth baseball team with face paint. So that's, that's pretty much it. So essentially, you got scared away by... You know, a middle-aged man that got his hands on some makeup—that's what you're telling me. But anyway, everybody thought that this was just this crazy segment. You know, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous the way that everybody was like, "Oh, that segment was awesome." It was awesome for who? Because the only person that benefited from that was the crowd and Sting, which was fine. But again, WrestleMania. in a a few days, that's it, Triple H being basically a bitch, and staying just chilling, I understand that you don't want to give too much away, like, you don't want Triple H to get the upper hand, because, you know, wrestling booking 101, if the heel gets the upper hand in the final Raw, the face is gonna win, so you're trying to keep shit vague, I understand that, but you could have had, like, the entire locker room clear out, and try and pull them apart, you know, just make it look like there's some gravity. Make it look like there's something more at stake than, you know, corporate suit versus middle-aged baseball coach in face paint. Sorry to say it, but that's that's what I got. Anyway, let's move on through the rest of this train wreck. So, R-Truth and Dean Ambrose took on Luke R. Harper and Stardust. Again, four great performers tasked with delivering a serviceable match on the final Raw before Wrestlemania. Obviously wrestling logic dictates. That this match was going to end with all the participants. Of the ladder match. Fighting in the ring. Oh look. Gee what happened. Everyone's fighting in the fucking ring. Bullshit. You know. That's that's pretty much it. Like we knew that that's how it was going to end. Again. Not a big deal, but it was just for to serve the purpose of angle advancement. We all know, let's not fucking kid ourselves, that Daniel Bryan is winning that match. Simple as that. Anyway, so Barrett goes in the back. We get some jerk-off and jerk-off security. Renee Young is talking about the Special Olympics, which, by the way, WWE does an incredible amount, an incredible amount of charitable things. Countless charitable things. The fact that that crowd couldn't even give the the people of the Special Olympics a stronger ovation was disheartening. It really was. And I don't even say that because my two sisters are handicapped or because my younger sister competed in the Special Olympics on more than one occasion. But just because of the fact that these are all individuals with special needs, that the crowd, it's, it's it's a positive thing for them. And the crowd was fucking dead. And then when you show the cameras panning through the through the crowd, you see a motherfucker on his cell phone. One guy's like eating a hot dog. Like no fucks were given. None. None whatsoever. So just something that's key, that I wanted to share and put in perspective because it really did bug me. But alas, you know, kudos to the WWE for doing something awesome and working with the Special Olympics. It's a great organization. They do amazing things. And to watch... Some of these individuals compete in some of these events. You've you haven't lived until you've seen something like that. And it really is some something special. That's that's all I gotta say. Anyway, we get our obligatory product placement movie tie-in with Sandow and the Miz, of course, talking to Kevin Hart and um you know, Will Farrell about the the always wonderful get hard, which everybody, of course, is talking about going to see this weekend. Of course, that's like I said, obligatory. Um, but in any case, the next match was The Miz, Damian Mizdow, Adam Rose, and The Ascension. Oh, look, those guys taking on uh, the primetime players, Eric Rowan, who's essentially worthless, Ryback, and Zack Ryder. Of course, the big the big focus of this match was talking about the, the these guys all being involved in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Anyway... Of course the obvious is, you know, Ryback winning and everybody's like, oh, Ryback is a shoe-in to win the uh, the battle royal. But I'm telling you right now, if they wanted to surprise everybody, Damian Mizdow should win the Battle Royal, and I'll get into that when I discuss the uh, the WrestleMania matches. But for the WWE app network or WWE network slash app vote, we all knew that Seth Rollins and jerk off and jerk off security We're going to face Randy Orton, and if you thought for one minute that that match was going to end in anything more than jerk-off and jerk-off security getting their asses kicked, then you definitely are not a seasoned wrestling fan. I will tell you this, though. Rollins and Orton have the capability of stealing the show at WrestleMania. They do. Why? Because Seth Rollins is an amazing worker. And when Randy Orton is motivated and not a complete, boring, tattooed piece of shit, he's usually decent enough to watch in those big matches. So yes, they do have the tools to steal the show this Sunday. The Keith adds, and I quote, I'm so pissed, I just want to see Seth wrestle already. It's true. But you know what the problem is? Seth Rollins has been booked like a bitch. Like, the entire time. When was the last time Seth Rollins got a clean pinfall without any interference from anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Anyone? Think about it. Seth Rollins has been embroiled in feuds with countless superstars on the road to WrestleMania. When was the last time he got a pinfall, a clean pinfall on anyone without any interference from jerk off and jerk off security, big fat big show, stupid ass kane. Think about it. Since Seth Rollins has become the future of this company, his future is essentially no clean pinfalls ever. Ever, which which leads me to believe that either he's going to get he's going to get the victory on Orton or he's gonna cash in the briefcase, cause seriously, you can only eat so much shit before there's some sunshine at the end of the fucking rainbow. Seriously, like we know, Randy Orton is is you know is 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 the 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 de facto you know Stone Cold Steve Austin of the reality era. We got it, the middle finger salute, the the anti-authority vibe. We got it. But Seth Rollins not getting a clean victory at WrestleMania is going to hurt his his character. It is. The Keefe adds, and I quote, (laughs) Seriously, that kid don't need no authority to be the best heel. Hello, exactly. That is 100% fact. I feel like I'm channeling Tyson Kidd when I do that. But seriously. It's like you have a guy that has evolved into one of the best talkers and one of the best heels continuously looking like a bitch. And I understand you want to make him the cowardly heel, but the cowardly heel gimmick is hurting his character. It's killing his character slowly. Yeah, I am going to talk about that. Thank you. (laughs) The Keith mentioned something that went down on Raw that I will discuss, but uh, we'll get to that in a moment. So... We all know that a Divas Championship match on Raw will essentially lead to no Divas Championship being exchanged. Let's not kid ourselves. We know for a fact that a Divas Championship match on the Raw before WrestleMania is 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 leading to absolutely nothing. The only thing that this match served was to showcase that Nikki Bella still throws one of the best forearms in the game and number 2 that AJ and and that that essentially AJ and Paige wrestling around with hair whipping about gets more of a pop than the than the people from the special olympics that's what i learned but alas we know that the uh, the frenemies are going to have their hands full at wrestlemania so when you see this um this diva's match or you watch the highlights on youtube remember no one was winning anything. No one was winning shit. The match itself was good only because we got to see some improvements from Nikki Bella. I gotta give the devil her due. She definitely is doing her thing, and it shows. But, at this point, does anybody give a shit? No. When AJ Lee comes out and still gets CM Punk chance that clearly means nobody gives a shit. You know, I think, I think Nikki Bella could come out there, you know, with her box hanging out and, and no brawn and have a five star match. And the crowd won't care because the Bella twins for the longest have absolutely sucked in the ring. They have, don't get me wrong. They've improved, but now it's, it's the damage has already been done. But we'll see how the match pans out at WrestleMania. Obviously, there is no Divas title being defended. Hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not happening. Anyway, so Snoop Dogg comes out essentially with a giant do-rag outfit for his his T-shirt and pants. And he's talking about Snoop Mania, y'all. And you can see that Snoop Dogg was high as fuck for that segment. Which, of course, as soon as he was talking about Snoop Mania, you knew that it was inevitable that Curtis Axel would come out. So, of course, Curtis Axel comes out pushing Axel Mania, pushing it like nobody's business. And then, of course, you can't have Snoop Mania or Axel Mania without talking about the only mania that matters, Hulkamania. And, of course, you know, Hulk Hogan comes out with all his midlife crisis tattoos and let me tell you something, brother, 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 oh, brother. And then I said to myself, please, God, don't let Curtis Axel have to run into Hogan's boot. Please, please don't let that happen. So that was not the case. And instead, Snoop Dogg threw Curtis Axel out of the ring. And in throwing him out of the ring so unceremoniously, he so went Curtis Axel's push as well. Because that's what happens. You take a guy, you have him be the, the uncrowned winner of the Royal Rumble. Axelmania actually starts to take off. The crowd is kind of into it. And then you just dog him the fuck out. Why? For high-ass Snoop Dogg and midlife crisis Hogan. Ladies and gentlemen, it was it was abysmal in every sense of the word. Anyway. So... Tyson Kidd and Cesaro took on the uh, the Matatodes. and for those of you that don't know if you look at Los Matadores with their little hats on they do look like Toads from Mario and when they take those hats off they also look like Ninja Turtles as well, but that's besides the point. Anyway you jobbed out Natalia to the bull <laughs> you jobbed out one of the one of the better divas, wrestling wise, on your division, to a midget in a bull costume. It was it was. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was it, it, at this point. If I went to Tali, I'd be like, "Yo, I quit, I quit, I quit." Anyway, we got Jack Swagger and Rusev for the eighty fifth thousandth time, and at that point, it was just pretty much it was it was yeah that was that match why because we've seen it forever jack swagger gets put in the accolade for the 55000th time john cena runs out to save jack swagger which leads to john cena getting his ass kicked by rusev which means that in wrestling 101 john cena will win the us title at wrestlemania so there you have it anyway so as i was saying and this was the uh the proverbial icing on the cake the and and this is what got me everybody at you know and this this goes to facebook twitter all over the place everybody's talking about oh the bray wyatt promo let me talk about the the, uh, the Bray Wyatt promo for one second. The Bray Wyatt promo was good. It was tremendous. But anybody's promo would be tremendous when your opponent doesn't have to show up till the day of WrestleMania. So, of course, you're going to use all the theatricality possible. You think darkness is your ally. Come on. It, 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 that's what it was. It was Bray Wyatt trying to out dead man the dead man. And it worked. It was fine. But again, let's think about this. Bray Wyatt is trying to book himself as the new face of fear. So you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that Bray Wyatt is going to sell the shit out of this match. You know? The Undertaker is going to get dressed Sunday night, drive to the arena, walk out, put on a decent 15-minute match, and put over Bray Wyatt. That's it. Unless, unless, The Undertaker gets his win back, and he gets the inevitable face-off with Sting at WrestleMania, which I honestly would mark out for. Just saying. Anyway, so, the, um... You know the, the the ending the ending of that segment was good. Like I said, it served its purpose. It really did a good job. But again, it, you have to expect it from Bray Wyatt because he's essentially building the match by himself, much like Paul Heyman is doing for Lesnar and Reigns. All right, so we got our next Hall of Fame announcement, which of course was Kevin Nash, which we knew for the last thirteen weeks. That it was going to be Big Daddy Cool Diesel, a.k.a. Kevin Nash, a.k.a. Big Sexy, a.k.a. Vinny Vegas, a.k.a. Oz, a.k.a. One Half of the Outsiders, a.k.a. the guy that tears his quad wiping his ass, a.k.a. Ke- uh, Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, etc., etc., etc. We know. The guy of a thousand names with, 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 fi- with his five moves of doom. It's fine. I have no problem with the induction because Kevin Nash has been involved. In a lot of Hall of Fame worthy moments. But it was something that we all saw coming. It's, you know, it is what it is. As <laughs> simple as that. Anyway, so we get this fucking terrible, terrible, terrible segment with Natalia getting ready and Tyson Kidd walks in and he's like, Oh, you look beautiful. You look amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And it was essentially Tyson Kidd pushing uh, chicken fries from Burger King, which of course led to Natalia coming out. And having her best Herbal Essences moment. Eating some chicken. But um. At the end of the day. Take take it for what it's worth. It was really really terrible product placement. But you had to laugh at it. Because it was so so terrible. It really was. Anyway. Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler. Were trying to repeat their amazing match. From last Thursday's Smackdown. Dean Ambrose was the special guest referee. Gee. Hey. We got two more participants in the ladder match having a match on Raw. How is this going to end? Oh, I don't know. Everyone's going to run out again and beat the shit out of each other. You got it, man. (laughs) That's exactly how it went down. But I'll give credit where credit is due. Dolph Ziggler got a second clean pin on Daniel Bryan, which means when Daniel Bryan wins the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania, He's got a bona fide number one contender in the show off himself. And it really, really is crazy because those two guys delivered an amazing match on Thursday. So if that's what we have to expect going forward, let those motherfuckers wrestle forever. Seriously, because that match was bananas. Do yourselves a favor. YouTube that match if you didn't get to see it. Because it was amazing. Monday night's match, of course, was good. But it was hampered by the obvious foreshadowing of all the participants being involved. So, you have that as well. So, Brock Lesnar comes out with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman cuts a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous promo. Totally insane. Totally over the top. It did the job. It sold the match. Then, all of a sudden, Roman Reigns' music hits. He comes down. I'm thinking we're going to get a big pull-apart brawl. The roster's going to need to come out and pull these guys apart because the Beast Incarnate has the strength of 50 men and Roman Reigns, you know, has to look strong in everything. So he needs the entire roster to hold him back, including Gordon Soley's corpse, the body of Gorilla Monsoon, and Bobby Heenan's tumor that they took out of his throat. That's what's holding Roman Reigns back because you have to make Roman Reigns look strong. But instead we are treated to what is essentially two little kids fighting over a teddy bear it's mine no it's mine that's what it was it was it was abysmal and much like the keith in the chat i too looked at the network thinking oh we're going to get something more maybe they started fighting something to get people to just tune in no we got nothing we got we got credits we got credits and a brand new episode of that stupid show with LL Cool J and the guy that was Robin. That's what we got. We didn't get shit else. And that, my friends, is how you close out a show to sell to sell your gold standard of a pay-per-view. That's what you do. That's how you close it out. That's it. I, I would have found more humor in them pulling the belt back and forth and the belt just breaking in half. I would have that would have at least been funny. But no. It, it, this is what we have as a buildup. I'd rather, I'd rather watch a buildup of Goku fight Frieza on Dragon Ball Z over 16 weeks than watch the buildup for this match because there was absolutely nothing of note except Paul Heyman's promos. And again, Paul Heyman is essentially promo in a box. You could tell Paul Heyman. I need you to go on television and sell suppositories and he's going to come out and he's going to cut out. The, he's going to cut out the most amazing promo about suppositories we have ever seen. That's what it is. Paul Heyman is like that guy that we were all friends with in high school that you'd give him a word and he would freestyle. That's Paul Heyman. Hey, Paul, promo time, Kool-Aid. This Kool-Aid is so amazing. It is, it is ridiculous. You drink this Kool-Aid, it is so good that five generations of your family are going to be named Kool-Aid. Like, that's the type of shit. You tell Paul Heyman, listen, I need you to sell this, th- th- this female hygiene product. This female hygiene product is so amazing, it is ridiculous. You, it will leave your vagina so clean, so clean that you're going to need to walk through a white room before you touch it like that's that's the kind of shit that Paul Heyman does he like i said he is promo guy in a box i will address that in a moment but but like i said you know th- that's what it took it took a guy who can sell you anything to sell you on a match between two 200 pound guys one of which is a former NCAA champion, a former WWE champion who now is the flag bearer for your title, and a former UFC champion defending his title against the guy who came up through the ranks, was part of the most elite faction ever, is related to The Rock, has Samoan heritage. That's nobody's business. Nobody's. I will say this I did like that Paul Heyman booked Roman Reigns as the Samoan badass. Like, that's the kind of shit that works. Like, they should run with that instead of telling him to go out there and telling people to believe that. Because that's what he does. He'll be like, but he doesn't even say believe. He says believe that. B-E-L-E-E. Believe that. Very rarely does he enunciate believe and that. Why? Because Roman Reigns was supposed to be a purse snatcher. <laughs> anyway. Let's talk about the wrestling news for the week, shall we? And give our uh, WrestleMania promos before we wrap things up. Anyway, so, (laughs) believe that. I like the Keefe spells it B-U-H-L-E-E. I'm like B-E-L-E-E. He's like B-U-H-L-E-E. I'll take it. But Hashtag believe that. (laughs) Fucking terrible. Anyway. So let's switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about the passing of Pedro Aguayo Jr. Um, many people, many people were talking about this. Many people sent me the video of Pedro Aguayo uh, essentially dying in a, in the ring with a match against Rey Mysterio. So let me let me explain this to you. Rey Mysterio was in a in a match with Pedro Aguayo, and what ended up happening was Pedro Aguayo took a bump outside of the ring. Got back in the ring, did a spot to set up for the six one nine, and if you look at the spot, it looks like he snapped his neck or he he um he injured his trachea when he hit the ropes. So everybody was talking about, oh my god, Rey Mysterio basically killed this guy. That that is that could be that that is the furthest thing from the truth. And the reason I say this is because in professional wrestling tragedies happen. And if you look at the spot when he landed outside, that landing outside of the ring looked incredibly suspect. And um, anyway, you know, our very own Lu Chali wrote, wrote a very wonderful piece about it, sharing his thoughts on it. And it's it's crazy because what they're saying is that he suffered a stroke due to cervical spine damage. So... Basically, what they're saying is that it took nearly two minutes for Aguayo to receive treatment, and the doctor in charge of the show was busy with two other wrestlers who were injured. That's why there was no ringside physician during that time. Somebody had to find the doctor backstage, tell him something was wrong, and the reason that Aguayo was carried out on a plywood was because they wanted to get him backstage as fast as possible. When they got him backstage, they put him on a stretcher, and he was taken to... Hospital del Prado in Tijuana, where doctors tried to revive him for an hour. But at that point, he was declared dead. Now, the promotion that held the event is um is going to cover the cost of Pedro Aguayo's funeral, which is definitely, you know, very, very awesome gesture on their part. Um, Like I said, it's, it's crazy because a lot of people were talking about how his father, Pedro Sr., is going to, you know, he's not in the greatest of health and. There's serious concern over how he's going to take the news of his son's passing. So uh, MedioTiempo.com reports that uh, Dr. Ernesto Franco uh, stated that Pedro Aguadro passed away due to cardiac arrest, which he suffered while he was in the hospital. When he was taken from the ring, he st- his vital, he still had vitals at ringside and during transport to the hospital. They're saying that he actually suffered cardiac arrest as a result of the neck injury. The um, Attorney General has ordered an autopsy and also ordered drug testing as well. That's pretty much where we're at, but it's incredible because, you know, the incredible outpouring of support from the wrestling community. um, Of course, you know, our condolences to Pedro Aguayo's family. Uh, The thing that gets me is that, you know, Rey Mysterio was incredibly heartbroken and devastated about it. Uh, You know, he released a statement. But the thing that's really, really crazy is that Rey Mysterio has been receiving death threats. Over the passing of Pedro Aguayo, he's been getting, um, Wrestling Observer said that he's been receiving death threats as a result of the outcome of that match. And of course, you know, due to Pedro Aguayo's passing, it's uh, just a, a heartbreaking situation. It's, it's something that, you know, Let me let me be real with you guys. I could wake up tomorrow, walk out my door, cross the street, and get hit by a car. Happens. When your time is up, your time is up. And when somebody reached out to me on Facebook and was telling me about it, I said, listen, you know, of course people are going to jump jump out of their skin automatically and say, you know, the guy died doing what he loved. I'm sorry to say, but I don't think doing what you love involves you being carried out on a, ple- on a piece of plywood and dying due to cardiac arrest because your neck or, or, or a part of your spine is possibly broken. Sorry, that doesn't compute. I'll be honest, the thing that bothers me about this entire situation is, once again, the instances where having too much access to, you know, wrestling performers and, and you know, all the, all the news at our fingertips sometimes does more harm than good. And the reason I say this is because the guy, it was a tragic accident. You can watch the video on YouTube and you'll see for yourself that it was just an incredible amount of, of different circumstances that played out that led to the passing of Pedro Aguayo. You know, it wasn't negligence. It wasn't. It, it just it was what it was. Yes, a case can be made that the you know medical professionals took too long to come out to treat him. But obviously, there were other factors at play. It was just a terrible, terrible situation that played out as as terrible as we can all expect. Now, for those of you that are going out there and you know blaming Rey Mysterio or sending Rey Mysterio death threats. This is doing more harm than good and continues to just cast a negative light on this business. Do you think that Rey Mysterio is not sitting at home or wasn't sitting at home after that entire turn of events, heartbroken and feeling partially responsible for what may or may not have led to the passing of this individual? The doctor himself said that the guy suffered a stroke due to to spinal trauma. If you look at the video, you'll see that when he fell out of the ring and tried to get back in. Something was not right. You can even see it when he was trying to sell the 619. Usually, if you guys have seen the 619, usually your two arms dangle over the ring, your chin is on the ropes, and your back is flat because when you get kicked for the 619, you got to do a back bump. For those of you that are, that are amateur wrestlers or have wrestled on the independents, you know the deal, and you can see that his positioning for that move was not correct Anyway. So he was already injured when he got in the ring. But again, armchair analysis, everybody jumping to, to to get clickbait and to get there. This is why, like when Lucha Lee wrote his article for our site, for Rageworks, and we published it, I made sure that it took some time, we reviewed the article, and we published it, you know? And we did it, and I didn't think that, I wasn't looking at it as clickbait or whatever, it was just... Lucha Lee is a, is a, is practicing. Uh, he's learning to be a professional wrestler. He's involved on the independence. So getting his take on it was something I wanted to share with you guys, because it was a, a perspective from an insider's point of view. We can all watch a thousand different versions of that video and come up with our own conclusions. But unless you were there or are in the business, you cannot truly, truly understand what transpired. Again, it's heartbreaking news, it's terrible news and, you know, it affects everyone that's involved. Pedro Aguayo's family, of course, his father who they got to, you know, kind of break the news to gently, of course, Rey Mysterio who now has to deal with this as well, plus the promotion that not only has all this negative stigma now associated with their handling of the event, but are also, you know, incurring other other, you know, negative press due to the, you know, this event kind of picking up more steam over the last couple of weeks again we'll see what happens I'm waiting for a more um a more detailed explanation due to his uh, of his passing not that you know media media tiempo did not have um medio tiempo excuse me did not have an accurate assessment from Dr. Ernesto Franco but I definitely would like to hear more before giving a more detailed analysis it was it was it was just it was a crazy crazy turn of events Slick actually shared a video in the chat, so if you're in there, you can check it out as well. And again, I'd love, I'd love to hear what you guys think. Uh, drop me a line, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com if you want to discuss it, or if you want to call in 347-324-3541. All right, so I want to switch gears and discuss, um, for those of you that have been watching TNA on Destination America you may know already that Kurt Angle is now your TNA World Heavyweight Champion, taking the belt off of Bobby Lashley. Now, obviously, it's easy to look at it like Kurt Angle was the better man, but a lot of rumors are circulating that Destination America actually pushed for Kurt Angle to be the TNA champion because they did this because they wanted the former Olympic gold medalist to represent their wrestling show. Obviously, Destination America you know, American gold medalist, blah, 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 take it with a grain of salt. I do feel that Kurt Angle, you know, as a veteran definitely allows other superstars to really step up their game. I think his match with his matches with Lashley were tremendous. And I do think that Kurt Angle being the face of TNA for the time being is good because it will allow those those individuals that are chasing the belt to work with one of the best. So... Again, make 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 that as you know. Take that as you will. In some Samoa Joe news, according to RajaWWF.com and a couple of other websites as well, it looks like Samoa Joe is heading to WWE. It looks like he may be heading to NXT in the summer. Uh, they're saying that Ring of Honor will be cutting Samoa Joe's run short, as it will culminate at their WrestleMania show, and then after that, it is believed that Samoa Joe will be heading to NXT. So with uh, Kevin Owens currently on the shelf nursing a knee injury and uh, Sami Zayn also dealing with an injury, uh, this is a great time for a guy like Samoa Joe to come in and make an impact. Uh, Definitely going to be watching NXT with much interest over the coming weeks. Think about it. Finn Balor. You know, Finn Balor in NXT, Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe, Sami Zayn. It is going to be an amazing, amazing, amazing run for NXT. So be on the lookout for that. All signs are pointing to Samoa Joe joining the roster sooner rather than later. Um, I've been informed that uh, Jay Santee is calling in or will be ready to call in shortly. Uh, Before we bring him on, of course, let's talk about the big one. Brock Lesnar re-signing with WWE, officially squashing any hope of a UFC return uh, he signed with WWE for three years and of course this puts the the title match in rest uh, you know at Wrestlemania this weekend in a very very interesting interesting position and the reason I say this is because Brock Lesnar re-signed and you're not going to take the guy that just re-signed and job him out to Roman Reigns when you can just as easily keep the belt on Brock Lesnar and allow Brock Lesnar to be defeated by a more worthy adversary again that's not to say that Roman Reigns isn't a worthy adversary now I just feel that Roman Reigns defeating Brock Lesnar just does not look believable when you look at these guys next to each other hate to say it but it's true now I will say this Brock Lesnar re-signing with the company was the smart play The reason I say this is because even though Brock Lesnar's recovered from diverticulitis and the UFC offered him an obscene amount of money, you also got to remember that even if Brock Lesnar is a marquee talent and goes back to the UFC and maybe he wins a couple of fights, he's not getting near the title picture unless he changes the way he trains. And yes, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. You know, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. But let's be realistic. wrestling his current schedule and even if it's an abridged schedule the wwe is safer for him he doesn't got to worry about cutting weight he doesn't got to worry about getting punched in the face unless it happens by accident etc etc plus vince mcmahon gave him an obscene amount of money and again everybody talks about yeah but brock lesnar's an absentee champion it doesn't bother me as much because the belt doesn't mean shit on television anyway so what does it matter the thing that always bothered me about Brock Lesnar was the fact that since he had such a limited amount of dates on his contract, it didn't allow WWE to get him in the ring on a consistent basis. I'm sure that with this new contract, which he signed on for three years, that has changed. I'm sure we'll see Brock Lesnar on Raw more often. Hell, we may see him in a in a couple of tag matches, maybe an occasional match Who knows, but he will definitely be more physical because there's no longer a timeline on how long he's going to be there. So there you have it. Anyway, let me see if Jay is queued up. Uh, It looks like he might be slick. Let me know if he is, please. Because I don't see a, a number. Oh, is he? No, maybe not. Anyway. As soon as Slick gives me the okay, I will definitely uh, pull the trigger and bring Jay on board. Uh, the Keith adds, more Brock is better, need the champ on the show more. Even if he isn't champion, you have a guy that is an attraction. As much as people love or hate Brock Lesnar, I have my own personal feelings on the guy after meeting him once. The fact is that Brock Lesnar is an enigma. The guy is, you look at that guy, he is a superhero. He is the bad guy at the end of a video game. He is the last guy you fight before the boss in any video game. He is, a, he is a massive human being, a monster in every sense of the word. And the fact is that when you look at a, at a guy like Brock Lesnar, you, you see that this is a guy that should be champion. This is a guy that should be conquering the company. Because, again, this is a guy that just looks the part. He does. Yes, he's not social. But that's where Paul Heyman comes in. But, again being stuck in that crutch of Brock Lesnar has five more days left on his on five more dates on his deal or three more dates on his deal we don't have that problem anymore and that my friends is going to be very very interesting television post Wrestlemania anyway I've been told that Jay is on the line let me bring him in Big Jay what's up
1: Yeah, sorry for the lateness but uh it's just one of those things where things get things are getting as chaotic, at my job as it is in freaking the wrestling world nowadays.
0: <laughs> it's all good, brother. It's all good. Uh, you came in just as I was uh, saying that Brock Lesnar signed a brand new three-year deal. Yeah, and you know what's you know what's crazy
1: about that? Although everybody's like, "Well, we're going to have a non-existent champion in there," it's like now you have more opportunities. To bring Brock back when, you know, let's say he does lose the belt. Now he's that surprise that everybody's waiting in to, like, salvage true. You know, a boring champion. Right. Or but, know, that entrant in the Royal Rumble. True. Or that surprise tag partner in Survivor Series. Right. How'd but you already know that. He's, he's going to have the, 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 the easiest schedule to deal with from here on out. Oh, yeah.
0: He's going to have an easy schedule. But again, like I was saying before you, you, you joined us. We don't have to worry about the sands falling in the hourglass. Oh, Brock has two days left. Oh, Brock has one day left on his deal. So what day are we going to use him? The Monday before, the Monday. You know what I mean? Like, there's no more. There's no more of that, which was always a big problem. Because now it's like, yo, you got a three-year deal. I'm sure him and Vince have agreed on how many days are in that deal. But I'm sure with that, if WWE goes, yo, I need you in Raw next week. It's not a question of oh shit, he's got five days left, motherfuckers. There for three years.
1: Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those contract signings that you would only think would happen in Madden when you could. you could pull out that last minute deal and get the one hundred and ten million dollar contract for a franchise player. Well, you know, Vince actually sat there and and did this smart move and said, you know what. Let's lock him in for three. Even if he has aspirations to go back to UFC, you know, he's still a young guy, and he can still probably fulfill that, 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 that wish to go back, and possibly that, that, that division for him will be a little bit easier down the road for him.
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because when they, they asked him about the UFC, he said, and I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned it because that's probably what people didn't hear out there. He, he said, and I quote, I'm officially closing the door on MMA. He said it was hard. It's hard. I had re-signed last night with WWE. We came to a conclusion last night, and the offer on the table, I could just not refuse. I think it's fair to the fans. It was my decision, and I wanted to be fair to the fans that know and know that on Sunday night, I'm going home with the damn belt. I went to the Rousey fight just to have that feeling. It wasn't a contractual move. It wasn't a bartering pitch of any kind. For me, I just wanted to feel that energy, and it just so happened it was during Ronda Rousey's fight.
1: Yeah, and we all know that Brock's word is probably not even as freaking trustworthy as the you know, paper that it could be written on, because we've seen him make changes before. Right. But in either case, when it came to the right decision, I think for him, he realized that you know there might be something coming
0: down the line which will actually look more favorable to him in wrestling rather than it would have been in mma well the thing also and and this was a really interesting statement from him he goes old vince put the offer on the table i couldn't refuse when it comes down to business and money health my health and the and my well-being i've been on both sides of the spectrum i've been in a bad position with my health i've been in a bad position with my money and now i'm in a great position with both and i'm happy i love what i'm doing i work a limited schedule Part-time with full-time pay. He said that straight up. If you can't watch me in the ring and not be entertained and not think I'm having any fun, then there's something definitely wrong. I love being in the squared circle. I always have. But I always hated the outside ambience about everything else. There's an old saying. It's all fake, but the money and the miles. And the miles were not good for me. Me and the highway just did not get along. And, and you know, it's it's... Hey. It's crazy, but it's true. But it's true, and that's what I think is happening a lot with these other wrestlers as well. Yep. You know, uh, it, it's 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 starting to
1: take its toll on a lot of these guys. That's why I always push to have you know separate rosters, shorter scheduling. You know, because you know we all you know can't see our wrestlers get the Brock Lesnar deals or the Jericho deals or the right. Rob Van Dam deals. You know, that's right. And and to be honest, Brock, in my opinion. Hasn't earned what they've gotten, but he puts asses in the seats and people enjoy the anticipation of possibly him arriving, him coming in, whipping ass and all. You know, they're happy with that. Right. It's not like like the Batista or the Rock thing. You know, it wasn't like he left a sour note with a lot of people in their mouth. People
0: to this day, whether he was heel or face, generally loved Brock and I understand it well you know what it is Brock Lesnar and I and I said this before he brings something to the ring that is seldom seen you and I like I said it's not it's not the presence it's not that he's a monster it's not even the wrestling it's just the fact that this is this freak of a human being this monster of a of a man who hates fame think about it he hates being Everything other than the guy that comes out there and kicks ass and goes home. Everything else and that's he a, hates.
1: That's the great thing about him because he's, he's like the anti, like, you know, Paige is supposed to be the anti-devil. Right. He's the anti-wrestler because wrestlers' egos are like comedians. They have to be loved or yep. hated. They have to have love. And Brock goes in there and is
0: like, I don't care for any one of them things. I just want to go in there, earn my money, and put on a show, and I'm out. That's right. And the thing that's funny was he said that the UFC said to him, can we sharpen our pencil? Can we double the money? Think about this. When Brock Lesnar was in the UFC, dude, he made ridiculous paper. And they said, yo, we are going to double it. Imagine that. Like when he was in the UFC, he cleared, he cleared a, a, a nice chunk of change. Plus he got a cut of pay-per-view too from what's been said. And they said, yo, we're going to double that.
1: Yeah, but, you know, I think I think what his thing also is, like, you know, home is home. And for him, WWE has always been the home. You know, he's gotten great acceptance, you know, plus his fucking close friends with The Undertaker and, you know, they have that relationship and, you know, they just to have that, that, that laid-back schedule to be like, listen, Brock, we need you here for two Mondays from now. Good, I'm out. You know, that kind of schedule, regardless of what money you throw,
0: at the end of the day, WWE's home and his freaking thousand acre ranch is his home. Yeah, but like I said, dude, why it, it? You know what you do? You do with Brock Lesnar, you create a new streak. That could, you know, it's
1: fun. It's funny because you know we would want like some type of you know something consistent, Some type of something to, to yeah to to have to big like to piggyback on right so that we
0: can look forward to, and Brock has that appeal to do it with absolutely. Like, dude, imagine that. Can you can you beat the beast? Instead of can you beat the street, can you beat the beast? Can you defeat the one, by you know the one in twenty-one and one, dude? That shit writes itself. And again, even with his limited schedule, dude, that would be ridiculous.
1: Oh yeah, and let me, and it, people people will line up, and don't be surprised if Heyman doesn't already have that set up in his, <laughs> you know, genius of a mind. But yeah, that the. Yeah, you know, to to have that as the new streak or the new the new, you new target for WrestleMania, it, I, I think that would be the,
0: the logical move. Well, you know, you know what's funny, the Keefe says knowing Vince, he'll lose to The Rock at, next year at Mania, and you know what the thing is, he did beat The Rock, and he may lose to The Rock, but in the grand scheme of things, that that WrestleMania next year is the one in Cowboy Stadium, dude. I don't give a fuck who loses in that match. That building is gonna be. listen texas is
1: if if people don't know texas is like generally a wrestling state the two things that those 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 people out there love is football and wrestling right i don't even think anybody from any other state outside of texas will be able to get into that freaking that, that freaking stadium that's how how crazy is gonna be in
0: there and people and don't then, realize you know, to have something lined up like that is gonna be ridiculous well besides the fact dude that the undertaker lives in texas dude you know he's gonna want to perform in cowboy stadium so that's Damn. why that's why i said before you called in i said yo wrestlemania needs to end with you know bray wyatt victorious the undertaker walking to the back and sting staring him down when he walks out yeah
1: like i mean we need a foreshadowing. Absolutely. It, let me tell you my, my 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 looks about WrestleMania this year. It's that this is going to be like the first WrestleMania in a while that I'm not really invested in any match. Right. Like I I'm, agree. I think I'm just going to sit here and just have fun with it. Like, yep. It's going to be one of those things. It's like the one match. I'm the, even the IC match. I, I know it's going to be entertaining, and I do want a, certain, a couple of guys to actually win it. But I just want to have the fun with it. You right. Know? Well, Next it's, year's WrestleMania is the one that's going to be the build-up that is going to be the show of shows that I'm hoping for.
0: Well, this is the thing, too, and and I said this before. You know, WWE got our money already. You pay the 10 bucks every month, they got you. You know on Sunday night, love it or hate it, angry as you may be, and I said this before, you called in angry as you may be come 7 or 8 o'clock or, hell, after after the 90-minute Walking Dead finale, you know you're tuning in to watch the shit. It's a given. It's a guarantee. Tell, yeah, I'm gonna be more
1: invested on the raw after WrestleMania than anything else. You know, that's that's the one that you, you have to be, you know, all eyes on. Yep. You know, this year's WrestleMania, like I said, it's just it's gonna be and for those who, who really have their hearts set on certain things, like dude, just be prepared to be disappointed. Yep. In all and all in all, just try to have fun with it.
0: Well, like I said, you know, it, it, and I and you know, I talked about the shitty buildup before you called in. You know, the mediocre buildup for for what on paper looking like a rather mediocre WrestleMania. But I will say this: if I'm to when I'm watching WrestleMania on Sunday, I'm looking forward to three things: cool entrances, Daniel Bryan and and those guys killing it in the ladder match, and above mm-hmm. all else the shadow of seth rollins possibly cashing in that's
1: listen <laughs> you can't deny everybody that Everybody is is going to be waiting with bated breath for that to happen because you know a cash in at rest, wrestlemania is like is huge n- yeah it's like come on for and for for seth to actually have it done at mania if people are not on his bandwagon now, it's going to be super over. I mean, it's going to be ridiculously over.
0: Dude.
1: They th- might expect, like, the crowd to go crazy and it just boo the
0: shit out of him. Hell no. It's going to be the opposite of that. People are going to love that shit. Well, Regardless you know what? if Roman is the one to win or Brock wins it. Well, here's the thing, too. People are going to, as the match drags on, I guarantee you we're going to hear Rollins chants. So Yes. That, at- I, that, we can guarantee that. Yeah, and, and the thing is this. You know, if if Seth cashes in successfully, dude, a match between him and Brock Lesnar on paper would be tremendous.
1: I pray, and I'm only, and that's probably the only thing that I, I really like. just don't want to have, because at the end of the day, like I said, I know it's going to not be one of the greatest WrestleMania, but I'm just hoping it doesn't be a speaker match like that Brock Lesnar-Coburg match. That's Ugh. the only thing I'm hoping for.
0: Yeah, well, you know what it is? That Brock Lesnar and Goldberg match also was because the public was too smart and everybody knew that both guys were leaving. But now that Brock Lesnar signed, and this was a very calculated move by WWE, they're like, yo, let's get this guy signed, let's make that shit public so that way nobody gets booed out of the fucking building on Sunday. (laughs) You know that shit, dude, because listen, Brock Lesnar was interviewed by ESPN, the Associated Press. Dude, the Associated Press... Gave a fuck about Brock Lesnar being signed. Shit. I was more <laughs> surprised that freaking Roman
1: Reigns was doing the rounds in the talk circuit, like, um, the talk show circuit.
0: Yep. He's hitting up Conan O'Brien. I was like, wow. And he got interrupted really by Paul Heyman. Got out there. And he got interrupted by Paul Heyman to boot.
1: <laughs> oh, that was, a, that was amazing. Paul is just, uh, it's so much. There's so much I can say about that man that won't make me cry.
0: Well, you know what's funny? You know, speaking of Roman Reigns, I shared the uh, the photo that WWE is partnering with Tap Out. So now we're going from dudes walking around thinking that they're going to wear Tap Out, that they train UFC, or that they're fighters. Now we're going to walk around with dudes rocking Tap Out thinking they're pro wrestlers.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, cross-dressing at its finest coming, at, coming, coming fruition. And the one person that's going to be pissed off about that
0: and punk. Oh, you know it, dude. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I own I own my fair share of MMA shirts, and I never bought a tap out one because as soon as I saw tap out being sold in Sears, I said, "Nope, not doing it." <laughs> as as soon as I That's saw a, tap out yeah, shirts in Sears
1: shirts became
0: even <laughs> Yeah, dude. As soon as I saw so as soon as I saw a guy with with straight leg pants and a white pair of fucking, you know, New Balances, and you know he had his little dad varsity jacket with a tap out shirt underneath. I said, nope, not happening.
1: That's when that's when shirts became mainstream. For, for yeah, everyone. dude, it was
0: crazy. I mean, uh, the designs that I saw looked kind of cool. Like there were a couple of designs I'm like, yeah, I'd fuck with that. I mean, I wear I wear a, a couple of wrestling shirts now because it's it's more it's more acceptable for you to wear them on. You know, it's like it's like what we were saying about wearing your geekiness on your sleeve. Now being a wrestling fan isn't viewed as a negative.
1: But isn't it funny, like how how great WWE merchandise has excelled from like years ago? Remember oh, years ago, absolutely! Was just your wrestler on the shirt. That's and that's the thing that made you look like a real wrestling dork because you had <laughs> the Bret Hart. Yep, it, 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 his image on a shirt and it said in the back, Bret Hart. Now these shirts are very calculated and designed and. And some people have to look closely to make sure that if it is a wrestling shirt or not. I
0: love it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff there. I mean, even the shirt Roman Reigns believe you know the believe that the you know the one that said I can and I will. It's like yo, if you look at that real quick, it looks like a Nike shirt, you know? Right. <laughs> so so you know it's like I saw it and I was like, you know what? I'd actually wear that that other shirt with the spike and the R's and shit. I'm like yo, this shit looks corny as fuck. I'm like, look at this corny shirt. <laughs> look at this corny shirt for this corny Fabio-looking motherfucker. And then I saw the other shirt, and I'm like, all right, they're stepping their game up, trying to, make his, uh, trying to make his shirt look a little cooler going into Mania. Because it's true. People were probably like, yo, we not moving these shirts. Not moving them.
1: <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, yo. Can we put these as a two-for-one package on WWE Shop? But that's it's what that's happens, crazy. dude. We like, got to get this one out the factory.
0: Well, you know those dudes are like, yo, we're tired of dudes in Bullet Club t-shirts being on camera.
1: By (laughs) the way, thanks for reminding me I gotta order
0: mine this week (laughs) Yo, dude, I can't, I'm not gonna lie It took like 18 weeks for me to get mine From Pro Wrestling Tees (laughs) And then when I finally got it, my wife bought it for me It was the wrong one And then she had to, Uh, they sent me the replacement So now I got two Bullet Club shirts One with like the New Japan logo on the back And one without Madness, dude, madness uh, But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things That
1: we're looking at forthcoming for wrestling it's it's although us being true wrestling fans we're we're kind of losing the true essence of it of what wrestling is but you also want to you know applaud it because little by little it is opening up to a mass that that probably left it behind years ago you know every time i bump it to it's oh you know i used to be a wrestling fan i used to love watching it you know and even i have a couple of people now who Every time they see me at work, the first thing they come up to me is like, "So I, I hear Samoa Joe's going to sign with WWE," and I look like, "Where the fuck were you at?" Like, <laughs> I didn't even know you were a wrestling fan.
0: <laughs> there you go. You you know what's funny, dude? And and this is um another another plus. You know, Brock Lesnar signed because he knows that he WWE will help him get a movie deal.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he's going to be um. He's gonna be Colossus. Seriously, dude. Think about it. He's gonna be Venom. He's gonna be. He's gonna be actually be Venom in the Spider Man. That's it. He's
0: gonna be mocap. They're gonna mocap him. He's gonna be Venom. Brock Lesnar is Eddie Brock. (laughs) Just, just Eddie Brock wearing a Eddie Brock wearing a medium ass sweater, trying to ask questions like a reporter. I want to ask you about this, and it's like this giant Hulk of a man holding a little notepad and a recorder. It's gonna be a myth. A middle-aged Flash Thompson. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Like, like that's the thing too. It's like Brock Lesnar realized, like, yo, I could get some serious fucking, you know, mainstream appeal. Like, look at Batista, dude. Batista went from being in lame-ass action movies with Van Dam to to Drax to being a, like a signature bad guy in Double O Seven. Not a not bad. Oh, my God. Not bad for a guy with a with a powder with a powder blue Kangol and tight ass jeans, All right? right?
1: I got to get that doll, though. They're spilling that doll, They're the, the the Yuppie Batista. I have to get that. Yo,
0: it is terrible, he, dude.
1: But we are talking about that, I, I, I've also seen the WWE Network that they have this whole thing where, you know, Triple H and Stephanie went to the whole Marvel Studios yep. thing, and, you know, you know, the universe. And he is the voice of the Hulk. It's like, you got to be fucked. You got to get
0: the hell out of here. That's how it goes, dude. <laughs> oh, uh, wow. Um. I'm watching. You talk about, about branding. Oh, you're not kidding. I'm watching. I'm watching the chat, and everybody's using all the different Rusev jokes. Rusev is the guy that makes the sandwiches. Rusev is the guy that forgot to put the tzatziki sauce on the gyro. <laughs> Rusev is the guy that fixes the MTA machine. It's like fucking Rusev facts. But um, the the real reason <laughs> the, the real reason I'm glad I I'm glad you called in. I want to um just do our WrestleMania picks before we wrap things up. Um. Uh, the first match, which is going to be, of course, the opener, which is stupid. Uh, Cesaro and Kid against the (laughs) Matatodes, the Usos, and whatever combination of Kirk Franklin's band, aka the New Day, are going to be out there. So, uh, who do you got on this match?
1: I I I would only take the New Day if they let them do the (laughs) the you know the the old school freaking three man to carry the tag belt. Oh, the Freebird rule, fabulous Freebird. The free bird rule. That's the
0: only way I would take the New Day. But other than that, Cesaro and, and Kid retain. I agree, dude. Cats and uh, Swiss cats. Those dudes. Uh, I like. I liked when they were when they cut that little video promo before they wrestled the New Day, and they're like, "Yo, we even clap better than them." <laughs> <laughs> I was dying, dude. Like, and I like. I also like that uh, Tyson Kid wears pink and black beats. And Cesaro wears red and white ones like the Swiss flag. Very, very nice. Very well played.
1: I'm very disturbed by him wearing beats though. I don't know. It just I don't know. Just, I just I don't know. I don't I don't see him doing that. Like I just see him as this big brawny nineteen twenties weightlifter with freaking, you know, triangular weights going in there just kicking ass. What the hell are you doing with beats on?
0: Dude, I if you follow Cesaro on Instagram you learn three things: a, the motherfucker's is a snazzy dresser, and he looks like the transporter yeah, when he get when he looks like yeah. the transporter when he gets dressed up. That's number one. Number two, that is it, the guy is good at picking things up and putting things down. There's a lot of heavy shit that he picks up, and you're just like, "Oh shit!" He got picked up like oh, it was like a metal bar with like two truck shit, tires, four by four tires. and shit It's like what the hell? With, with one arm. Yep, dude is dude is a beast, and then. Of course, the other, that the man loves his coffee. (laughs) That
1: is true.
0: So, you know, I I definitely, I'm in the same camp. I want Cesaro and Kid to retain because I think that the belts are are crucial to their chemistry. Hopefully, Natalia doesn't cost them the belts by, like, tripping on the way to the ring and falling on on the referee or some dumb shit, you know. Because you know that's a a given.
1: You were so right about that whole Matador freaking El Torico Matt Natalia
0: thing. Yeah, it's so disrespectful. Yeah, it was it was bad, dude. So Rollins and Rollins and Randall, it's like WWE would probably allow Rollins to win clean on this one, but given the resurgence of Randy Orton, it may not happen only because it'll probably end with like seventeen fucking people getting involved. But I really would like Rollins to get a clean victory at WrestleMania. I think the guy's earned it, and I'm tired of him being made a bitch every fucking, every pay-per-view.
1: I think that's going to be one of those sleeper, those sleeper matches. that Absolutely. People, you know, although they anticipate it's going to be good, but they don't, they're not going to anticipate that it's going to be that good. Right. Um, I, want, I want Rollins to go over but for some reason, I would like to see Randy Wynn beat the shit out of him. So that it plays off better at the end if he does cash in in
0: the main event. Dude, is it wrong of me to say that I want Rollins to go for the Phoenix Splash and Orton catch that motherfucker in midair for the RKO? Dude, if that happens, if that happens in the match and Randy
1: <laughs> wins, it's a win for everybody.
0: Yep, everybody will lose their mind, dude. <laughs> I would, I, I, it's a win for everybody. I would lose my shit. It's like, oh, oh, Rollins is going to the top bro. Are we gonna see a Phoenix Bash? Be- oh my god, dude, that arena will fucking implode. You thought you thought what he did with Evan Bourne was the, was
1: like the shit. No, this is gonna be and and everybody's Instagram and Vine. Oh and yeah, everything. dude. <laughs> it's gonna swap everything.
0: I absolutely. On the on the IC title match, many people would love to see Dean Ambrose win. I'd love to see that too. But you know it's gonna be Daniel Bryan. And, and, and you know that, that him and Dolph Ziggler are going to have an amazing feud after the fact.
1: I want either Ziggler or Brian to win, which is most likely I'm looking at Brian to win it. I think it, with him winning it, it puts some type of legitimacy back to the title. I, don't I know agree. I how, how silly it sounds, but I think that it does. And also, I think since um, the the heavyweight title is going to be pushed to the side for a little while... I think you're gonna see a lot more intercontinental, uh, intercontinental matches on Raw and SmackDown. That's gonna have substance. I want this to happen, and then I want the series to happen. I want to yep. see that old school five out of seven series between Ziggler and Bryan.
0: Oh, I'd lose my mind, dude! It, that that would be tremendous, especially because Ziggler got two pinfalls on him, and they could use that.
1: Yeah, I think that'll be. It it, it it brings back substance to the belt. And in any case, Dean will always have a shot for that belt.
0: Always, dude. Always
1: have a shot for that.
0: Yeah. So, Paige and AJ against the Bella twins. It's like we on paper we'd all love AJ and Paige to win, but I have a feeling that they're gonna fucking turn on each other anyway, and the Bellas are gonna are gonna are gonna get the victory in that match.
1: Um, I the, the I see the Bellas winning as well, but the crazy thing about this is that they better put up or shut up because yep. with all the shit that they've been doing and talking. They and granted, I really believe that WWE will give them eight to ten minutes. They better put up or shut up in this match, or else the D, the the Divas division goes back to
0: shit. Nope, I agree a hundred percent. Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Obviously, they want everyone to think that Ryback is winning that shit, but I smell it being Damian Mizdow. Unless wow, that unless would be, that un- a- not not to cut you off, I apologize. Uh, yeah. Unless. The person that won the NXT slot wins it.
1: Well, I would have went the the sure the money to be Miz out because he'll find he'll find a way to you know stay low, do the whole Santino at the Royal Rumble thing, stay stay low in the cut, or him and Miz will find a way to battle away somewhere, not knowing and then be the last suit in the match. But Jesus, wouldn't it be great just to see Mania run wild at <laughs> WrestleMania? <laughs>
0: I, I'd love to see that, dude. And and again, you know, the crowd is kind of digging it. But again, it's like the mercy push. I'd um, I like I said, I'd I'd love <laughs> to see
1: lighter
0: push. It, it really is, dude. I mean, Miz Dow winning it would be cool because it would give him co- uh, clout to break away from the Miz. But you you know if one if the N if the NXT guy won it, you know it'd be a great way to just that. That'd be a great introduction to the main roster. Well, the
1: last NXT guy who was. Uh... Who was in it? Who was in one of those matches? Did, didn't we have one in, in like?
0: It was wasn't a, it Bo Dallas? In the Royal Rumble. Wasn't it Bo? Bo? Dallas was in
1: the other one. Yeah. So
0: you know they, they have they have the one hundred to one shot. Dude, it, it it would it would be amazing. Not only that, but they haven't even announced all the competitors. Some people are saying that they're going to use it as a way for Sheamus to come back, and that Sheamus will win it. And at that point, I said, I, I, said, I, I said,
1: yeah. <laughs> if he if that does happen. Yeah, that then we all could basically just say "fuck this Battle Royal" <laughs> never again.
0: That's it. But you know, it's funny
1: because I, I who would you think is the gimme for the NXT winner to compete in it? I'm going for Tyler Breeze.
0: I think I think Tyler Breeze would be a good one, but um, like Slick just said, unless that NXT guy is Finn Balor. Dude, I not for nothing though fucking adrian neville hitting a 450 at wrestlemania i could live with that
1: as long as he's not doing that stupid gimmick that they said they were trying to push that fucking mighty mouse bullshit yeah as
0: long as it's not that dude I, i could take it dude adrian neville hitting a 450 crowd going fucking ape shit
1: yeah especially for those who haven't freaking jumped on the bandwagon yet
0: yeah pretty much there you go so rusev and john cena will rusev Finally, lose the uh, the strap and John Cena bring legitimacy to the U.S. title, or will uh, everyone's favorite deli clerk continue to run wild?
1: Well, the man, the man who just sold me two Bengals and a win for life, seems to be the front run in this match. You know, it's, I, you know, for for some reason, like, I I just know that they will not let John walk away and just take the L on this one. I'm going with Cena winning the belt.
0: I think Cena's gonna win it and I think it's because Lana's gonna show up cause she was filming she's filming that movie so I think they might use her as the catalyst and Cena will get the win
1: they're yeah, possibly breaking up Lana with uh Rusev
0: yeah so for a little bit
1: that jackass lawyer
0: there you go so um Bray Wyatt and The Undertaker I think Taker's gonna pull Bray over because he they're gonna start creating a new a new phenom in uh in young IRS uh, In IRS Junior <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well It's funny because The key Says that he always He feels bad Because he's not sure if Undertaker's gonna be able To walk out the ring After this one <laughs> It's like But from what reports showing, they're, they're saying that he, actually looks, he looks really good Oh I've seen but, I've um,
0: seen him on You know Because his um, Michelle McCool has Instagram So you know You see him in some pictures He looks less like Doc Brown Like he usually does <laughs> Marty, it's your kids, Marty. Your kids. Your kids are going to be at WrestleMania. <laughs> They're going to be at WrestleMania. It's something about the
1: problems of destruction. <laughs> Dude. I get... For this one, we got to We have to see Bray win. And by the way, you're giving too much shit to Bray about the whole promotion, the, the whole promo thing. It's, not, it's difficult to do a promo with
0: a guy who's not existing on TV. That's not easy. Hey, hey, hey. If Vince She's... could cut a promo on God. Hey, <laughs> hey! If Vince could cut a promo on God and God could come down to the ring, that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
1: this news was not covered by the the, the Church of Jesus Christ the Latter Day Saints. That's and it. God is everywhere, boss.
0: Yeah, but hey, <laughs> hey! Vince cut a promo on God. That's all I'm saying. That and he <laughs> sold and he sold the shit out of it. So, no, the, but
1: you know, honestly, that guy Bray
0: is. Oh, so he's tremendous. He's
1: in NXT, and I'm not even talking about Husky Harris. I'm talking, right. I, I, I'm tired of people's jokes. Talk. I'm talking about Bray when we saw an NXT, how he freaking honed it down there to what he is now. There's nobody that would have told me to, 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 to be said that, that would this would have been happening right now. Nobody yep. would have banked on this shit.
0: Nope, not at all.
1: This guy's earned this shit. And, I, and we, we got to put 100% respect on that.
0: No, I, the, here's the thing. Bray Wyatt as a talker dude definitely leaps and bounds ahead of most of those guys on the roster. But I will I will say this, you know, it, it in order to build this match, the guys had to work. Like like I everybody's like, oh, his promos are amazing. They better be fucking amazing because the Undertaker sure is fucking showing up. You know. But well, no, no, let me tell you. You know, I've even heard comparisons of guys, when they were, of, the, of the people
1: in the chat rooms and social media talking about, oh, this reminds me of Mankind and Undertaker started off. And I'm like, no. no. First of all, Mankind is, mankind is a fucking man who's fucking killing himself with this shit. Yep. Bray actually is going to put in a fucking match with Undertaker. That's right. It's not just throwing him up a fucking cages and getting hit with chairs. No, Bray is going to fucking put a show.
0: Yep. I guarantee you The Undertaker is going to come out on a matte black Segway with tombstones on the side, he's not walking <laughs> to the ring. He's gonna come in on that Segway. The lights are gonna be super dark. Everybody's like, "Yo, the Undertaker's floating to the ring." It's gonna be a Segway with no handle, just mad smoke, and the Undertaker's just gonna roll to the ring so he don't gotta walk. You're being nice because I was
1: gonna say he's gonna come in in a fucking hearse and he's <laughs> gonna pull out the coffin off the back.
0: Hey, he's you never know. Come
1: up and. In- Feel rested. He's gonna be like in a hyperbolic
0: chamber or some shit. Undertaker's gonna come out. Undertaker went in the chamber as Majin Buu and comes out as fucking perfect Majin Buu. Uh-uh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I
1: got a whole look to him and shining.
0: Oh, you know he's gonna be jacked, dude. You know the Taker's doing a cycle. He's doing a quick cycle before he comes out. He's gonna look super ripped. You know who else is doing a cycle? And it's a great way to segue. Staying in Triple H. You know, Triple H is gonna come out looking like an action figure, supposedly, and don't quote me on this because this is a rumor. Supposedly, he's gonna do he's gonna get a special entrance and it's gonna tie in with Terminator Genesis. No bullshit. Oh my no bullshit. So odds it. are Triple H will come out. Either he comes out naked like Kyle Reese or or he comes out <laughs> dressed like Arnold. One of the two.
1: Fuck that! I already said that. I already said that Sting should come out with RoboCop. Beat that,
0: bitches! <laughs> Dude, uh, uh, Sting is gonna come. Uh, Sting is gonna come out, and he's essentially gonna be carried in by crows. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be like the crows
1: from like Dumbo when they was helping him learn how to That's fly. That's it. They're gonna have them each arm. That's and it. You're gonna have crows
0: on each jacket. He, the jacket's gonna be carried by crows. Vince is like, make those wings flap, damn it! just yelling in the back but of the you're, birds. You're saying that they'll probably have him strapped up like a fucking scarecrow and just have him kind of have him, like, galley down. Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't even be shocked, dude. I would not even be shocked. But, yeah. Um, Listen, I'm,
1: I'm I, like, like I said, this is not one of those matches that I'm, like, dying to see. I'm just, like, happy that that exactly. thing is at Mania. Like, right. it's one of those, you know, moments and shit. And, um, I, I, <laughs> I don't see Triple H winning this shit. Like he really has like the worst record in Mania. Like, I don't, because he's a business guy. He really doesn't give a shit too much about like you know, you know. He likes the pageantry. Like you said, the entrance right. is gonna be sick
0: though. Yeah, you know.
1: But it, I, I see, I, I see Sting winning this one, which yeah. is gonna be the leading for Undertaker next year.
0: Yeah, I tell you, I tell you. Last year he channeled, uh, uh, you know, the the Castle Grayskull. He can't. He he channeled in Castle Grayskull last year you know, channeled in his inner <laughs> He-Man, this year, if he comes out on some Terminator Genesis shit, you know it's gonna be something bananas, dude. They're gonna play like... Uh, Vince McMahon will be the guy that'll be like, alright, we need some of those Hunter Killer planes from the movies. I'll <laughs> be like, yo, like Vince, we can't have that in the arena. Damn it, yes we can! He's gonna have the fuck, He's gonna
1: have that one, you gonna have the arm...
0: Dude, I I guarantee you he's gonna have the cyborg arm, the leather jacket that he usually wears, with the freaking holding the the sledgehammer and shit. Yep, dude, you know he's gonna have the glowing eye. Oh, it's gonna be, you, it, it's gonna be like Triple H is gonna be like, yo, I'm wearing this shit every day from now on. <laughs> he's gonna come in. He's
1: gonna come into, like board meetings with that shit. Is like, you know, WrestleMania was like four months ago.
0: Yep. Shut up. That's it. <laughs> But um, yeah, I'm picking. I'm I'm going with you. I'm picking Sting, definitely taking the victory on this. Maybe setting up against Taker, or who knows? Maybe Vince will make Sting the new authority figure of Raw after WrestleMania, because he'll be like, "You couldn't get the job done. You let this guy come in and embarrass you." Hell, so the, then
1: that means he'll be like, he he's held the record for being like the commissioner or GM of every, every promotion wrestling
0: show ever. <laughs> every promotion, WCW, TNA. He's he's like the triple threat. That's right. Last but not least, the big one, Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Originally, I said that if Brock didn't re-sign, that Roman Reigns would win after a turn by Paul Heyman. Now that Brock Lesnar signed, I kind of want to see Brock Lesnar retaining after a hard-fought match and Rollins cashing in. Uh.
1: One of the odds that Roman comes in not wearing the fucking flap jacket and shit. Anymore. You know he's going to wear the hula skirt. Go.
0: You know he's going to wear the hula skirt and puka necklace. <laughs> he's going like, to look like one of the characters of Lilo and Stitch. You know it, dude. He's going to come out on a surfboard. <laughs> the, the Usos are going to come out and do the Siba Tau with him. Watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the whole family. Because you know that, that's a whole Samoan community over there. Yep. You so know it. they are gonna have like the freaking like the, the backup dancer for Samoa Joe and TNA are gonna come out. This oh my whole god! Crazy shit over there.
0: <laughs> one of the Samoa, one of the fucking dancers will be Samoa Joe.
1: <laughs> I, I'm to... <laughs> <laughs> no, like like CM Punk was the gunner yep. in, in, in in Chicago for John Cena. Samoa Joe is gonna have like a big like Kamala
0: mask, so nobody knows it's him. That's it. <laughs> Samoa Samoa Joe, just on the low. I'm
1: going to say
0: Brock wins,
1: but I really hope it's Seth Cash is
0: in. I tell you this, Brock wins, it's going to be, I'm going to tell you this, and everybody says it, and I agree, Brock Lesnar as a wrestler is not shitty. So that means Roman Reigns needs to step up his game, because he's going to get suplexed on his dome.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this yeah, this is he better be ready. He, I mean, he must be looking at video packages and just goes, "Damn, sixteen fucking suplexes,
0: shit!" Like that's not. He's like, I gotta eat all those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'm ready for that. Nothing. Um, nothing. When Paul Heyman he, said he's gonna, gonna get to a prison beating, that's
1: gonna be like a twenty minute match. He's gonna have to hold his own though.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a twenty minute match. He can't use the five move, moves of Doom, and like Paul Heyman said, he said it's gonna be a prison beating, and I said. A prison beating? How a a Schillinger prison beating or an Adabisi prison beating? Because if it's an Adabisi prison oh. beating, we know how those usually end, and it usually involves a can of tomato soup and someone with no pants. Uh,
1: it's gonna be Sylvester Stallone lockup. There you go. Beating.
0: <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be good. But yeah, I think I, I think I'm taking Lesnar retaining. And if Roman Reigns, by some luck, wins, the crowd is gonna fucking boo the shit out of it.
1: Like well, I said, I think the only way that that they don't boo like I said, unless a lot of Samoans bought tickets, and he got a lot of family that they gave free tickets to, <laughs> and they freaking raise the volume on the on the audience, you know, positive reaction. But other than that, no, nah, Brock, Brock is retaining.
0: There you go. Unless unless the Rock is there. Hops the stands and give Brock Lesnar a rock bottom. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> you forgot oh. about that shit. Oh, shit, it is on know, the West Coast.
1: I, it is the West Coast, and it's like one of those things that we think about. And we go, you know, the pop, that pop will be so fucking amazing. But yeah, it's like, oh, do we really need this shit?
0: Yep. Oh. I'd laugh. I'd laugh <laughs> if, if to go with what the Keith says, Rock comes in. Gives Brock Lesnar a rock bottom, puts Roman Reigns on top, Roman wins, and everybody's bananas, and then that that Rollins music drops.
1: No. I don't even want to love the fact that the rock comes in ready to rock bottom fucking Brock, and then Brock hits him with the fucking F five and dead to that <laughs> shit.
0: That would be that would be good, man. That would be good either way. So there there you have it. We both we're both almost on the same page with most of the matches. Uh, WrestleMania is going to either be really good or really mediocre, but it's only going to cost us 10 bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Everybody said get ready for the best Raw of <laughs>
0: – That's it, the best <laughs> Raw. The the best Raw, hashtag believe at
1: <laughs> But you know what? Like I said, this one for uh, – this is the one that wrestling fans, don't invest in this one. This one is fun. You know, this this year – you know, you guys. I'm I'm invited. You know, I'm about to all you guys. You know, everyone come to my house. <laughs> there you go. So this is gonna be this is the this is the WrestleMania that I'm doing it like you know. It's like a Super Bowl feeling. Just go. Your favorite team is not playing, but you just want to enjoy
0: it. That's it's it, WrestleMania man. As it is. That's it, man. I'm excited for WrestleMania Play Button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hyped for that Playful. WrestleMania Play Button, yeah, kid. And then Monday Night Pause on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> there you go alright um, with,
1: with the hope of some flashback rewind button
0: <laughs> that's it so with that said um, that actually wraps up our, our wrestling segment anything else you wanted to add Jay
1: nah I just want to say yo my take Rageworks you guys thanks for the support I haven't been around from time to time trying to get myself back in a circle like I said scheduling wise work has been crazy be on the lookout cause you know I'm trying to bring some new things out there and once again Thank you, boss, for the time. You, you guys have always been
0: awesome. All right, brother. I appreciate you calling in. Peace. Peace. There you go. Our very own Jay Santy Follow him on Twitter at JaySantee, P-S-W-J-A-Y-S-A-N-T-Y, the letter P, the letter S, the letter W. You can also find Jay on our Facebook fan page. Interact with him there. Talk a little shit. Swap some stories about wrestling. And uh, with that said, that is actually going to wrap up tonight's show. Um, Once again, you've just heard My Take Radio episode 283, which broadcasts live Wednesday, March 25th, 2015. As always, if you missed tonight's show and you want to catch it on the archive, you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Video versions are available on both our YouTube channels, uh, my take radio TV or official rage works. As always, you can find my take radio on social media at my take radio on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. You can also follow our page on Google plus. And of course, to get all the news, including everything related to my take radio, you can follow rage works on Twitter at rage underscore works. or you can join us on our Facebook fan page, facebook.com forward slash official rage And you can follow our pages on Google plus, Our board's on Pinterest, and if you're into Instagram, you can follow me, slash RageWorks. It is RageWorks underscore Rich on Instagram as well. All right, that's going to wrap up the show for this week. My Take Radio returns Thursday, March 26th at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. We'll be talking gaming and entertainment. We look forward to seeing you guys there. Thank you guys for your continued support, and we are out of here.
1: Peace. That's all, folks.